the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. On with Gene and Chris with the Paracast. Again, we're going to focus on a topic other than UFOs. I mean, for the past eight years, this show has been on. Eight years, can you believe it? We've been regarded as the UFO show. But that's not always true. And we'll make a further exception this week. But I wanted to address something in last week's episode. And it's about opinions. You know, opinions are a dime a dozen. Facts are not, but that's another story. But the point here is that any reasoned opinion may be as valid as anyone else's reasoned opinion. So in our discussion last week, featuring Lauren Coleman, the cryptozoologist, we spent a couple of minutes talking about gun control where he presented some of his views. Not the entire issue, which is very polarizing, but just a few things. And I chimed in a little bit, and Chris chimed in a little bit. And then I see in our forums that some people said upon hearing that, they stopped listening to the show. Now, understand, it wasn't a show about gun control. We were talking about the studies that Lauren has made into serial killers, in relation to the book he did some years back called Copycat. So gun control does get into the picture. It was a quick discussion, and we moved away from it. But the people who stopped listening at that point because we said something they might have disagreed with missed out on everything else. That's really unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what can you do? It doesn't matter what we say on this show. Somebody's not going to like it. Or they'll accuse me of how we're marble from my mouth. You really think that? I don't know. Does it sound like I have marble from my mouth? I'm thinking we should have a contest for the best Gabby Hayes imitator. (laughs) Does anybody care about that? Does anybody even remember Gabby Hayes? Forget it. But that's the point. They criticize us for having too many commercials, but we have the same number as any other commercial radio show. I mean, some have asked us, and I'll address this very quickly. Some have asked us if we could offer an ad-free version for a premium price. You know, maybe a dollar or two an episode or something like that. I'm not against the prospect. I am urging GCN to consider it seriously. And they have nothing to announce, but I do get the impression they are looking at that as a potential moneymaker for them, too. So that may happen. I'm not going to promise anything. We've also talked from time to time about doing a premium version of the Paracast for our forums with additional content. You'd pay a monthly or annual subscription fee. It's still on the cards But I want to wait to see what happens with the ad-free version of the Paracast. As it is now, if it's distributed free, it's got to include everything, including the ads. That's what the network mandates, and that's what we follow. Meantime, you know, I want to ask this of Chris, and I know you and I have done loads of shows about cryptozoology. We had that major episode with you and David Perkins on cattle mutilations Do you think we go too far having UFO-related figures on the show? Do I think we go too far? No, I don't think we go far enough. (laughs) No, I I don't. I, you know, I I think it's a, it's a, and just an enduring mystery that uh, a lot of people are into. So, the more the merrier. I, I, I'd like to get more experiencers on, less uh, experts and more experiencers. I, I think personal experiences uh, can be compelling. And uh, I also think that 
people are really interested in hearing about personal experiences as opposed to opinions. So that may be one avenue that we could go down, I think, a little further and get more firsthand experiences on. But no, I don't think we uh, I don't think we we go go too far. I, you know, it's all things to all people, you know. The thing with UFOs is that the subject is very poorly covered in the media. It's yeah. very poorly covered in the reality shows. I mean, the big example right now, the most notorious example, is this Hangar One TV show, which uses the MUFON name. And MUFON makes a big deal of it on the site, although not so much in the MUFON journal. But the point I see in going over the descriptions of the shows is they concentrate too much on questionable claims. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of really compelling UFO sightings that don't have easy explanations. Yet, why do we emphasize Aurora, Texas? Yeah. Yeah, or Jackie Gleason, his widow claiming that Gleason told him that he and Nixon went and saw alien bodies at Homestead Air Force Base. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's like a, a third-hand account uh, that was just an aside in a book. Uh, it wasn't really even fleshed out into um, anything that we could actually check. There were no dates uh, as, ascribed to it. And to use that as a MUFON case or, or palm it off as a MUFON case, I, I think that's another indication that the producers of the show are more interested in, in the entertainment aspect of the program than in, in factuality and getting things right and really providing their listening audience with uh, some facts that they can look into further. And and that's the problem with a lot of these shows. And, and unfortunately, MUFON has been lassoed into a place where they're not, I, I don't think that they're, um, they're coming across uh, in the manner that they want to. And I don't think they can be taken seriously if they, if they include uh, questionable claims and, and cases that uh, you can't really prove or disprove. But, uh, you know, the whole Aurora, Texas thing, I mean, that's, that's pretty much, you know, that's a, I think everybody would agree that that was pretty much a way for the the town of Aurora to get themselves back on the map when the, the railroad passed them by. And, you know, so there's been a lot of work and investigations that have gone on looking into that case. And nobody has ever come up with anything solid on it. So to, to palm that off as a real event and it, it just it's disingenuous. You know, I think that would be the only word I can think of. And I wonder just what MUFON's director, Jan Harzant, seems to think about that. I mean, it's obvious they're concentrating more on entertainment value in the more recent MUFON conventions, where they have a few guests who I think are there because they bring in audiences, not because they have lots of factual information. Well, yeah, Stephen Greer, that's a good one. Right. I just wonder about that. And I wonder about the fact that MUFON over the years was regarded as more of a conservative organization and why they're going that way in that direction. And what uh, kind of image does that convey? And that's really unfortunate. Yeah. So much for that hangar one. We'll get back to it in future episodes because it's on a network and it's still being broadcast. I guess we'll have to mention it from time to time. All right. Today, it's not UFOs. But today we have a first-class guest, as always, on the Paracast. Chris, tell us about him. 
Well, I, I've known about Lloyd uh, Arbach's work for many years. He's one of our most uh, widely recognized paranormal experts. And this guy really is the real deal. He's uh, currently adjunct professor at JFK University for Integral Studies. Uh, he's been involved. He's written numerous, numerous books. He's been involved in the paranormal going on 35, 40 years. Uh, of course, I've known about him since the late 70s, early 80s, I think, is when I first uh, saw him on, on TV and, and saw uh, listened to him on, uh, I think, Coast to Coast uh, a time or two. And and he's, you know, he's on the board of directors of the Ryan Research Center in, in, in Durham, North Carolina. And, uh, of course, that's one of our premier uh, schools and uh, departments that cover parapsychology. And Lloyd is the real deal. He's probably he and Barry Taff are probably the the most well known, I think, uh, paranormal investigators. And he's really a, a really good author. Uh, he does the field work. He does these studies, uh, and he's accepted in academia as a as a as a real parapsychologist. And and uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to get his take on some of these shows that we've been talking about and. And some of the, the pop culture programming that's going on that is veering away from the more scientific academic study of these subjects and going off into the to the realm of entertainment. So it's, it's a real pleasure to have Lloyd on the show today, and we're going to learn a lot. Lloyd Auerbach, joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Mike Stennerson from Midas Resources. At no time in history have precious metals been more important, certainly not in my 22 years in the industry. The dollar has lost over 90% of its value in the last 60 years. No fiat currency has ever survived the government printing presses. Ours is not immune. The time is now to be proactive. 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Anything tied to the dollar is at risk. CDs, annuities, 401ks, IRAs, stocks, bonds, you name it, so decide. Do you want to leave a legacy of wealth or debt for your family? The choice is yours. Call me at 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. That's 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. Be proactive, not reactive. Call 1-800-686-2237, extension 116. I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. 
Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the Total Transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more, more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. On the Paracast this week, we welcome paranormal researcher Lloyd Auerbach. And we're going to focus on a tremendous amount of information about his history in the field and case histories, all sorts of things. And we'll also ask the questions that you've posed in our forums at forum.thepowercast.com. Lloyd, welcome to the Powercast. Thanks very much. Now, this is a question we ask just about anyone who's new to the show, and that is how you got started. And I think of the scenario where a child is asked by his parents, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm not sure what I said. I think a radio broadcaster. Chris, a a musician, maybe? Yeah, I want to be all things to all people. There you go. (laughs) All right, Lloyd, if you were asked that question at 10 years old, what would you have answered? At 10 years old, I probably would have said an astrogeologist. An astrogeologist. Cool. Like Harrison Schmidt. (laughs) I was just interested in astronomy and geology. Those were my two two major areas as a kid, although I, I always had an interest in folklore and mythology and the ghosts and things as well were there any experiences of yours or your family or friends that made you hone in on these subjects no it was really um actually getting started in reading the science books about parapsychology partly because of so many uh, tv programs that kept pointing me in that direction especially dark shadows so i I started going to the library and reading about the folklore because it was folklore about vampires and werewolves from dark shadows but i also thanks to the Dewey Decimal System, discovered the books by J.B. Ryan and J.G. Pratt and a number of other people in the field. And since I was a little science geek, that just kind of captured my attention. 
So from there, when you finally reach the point where you're getting your education, your advanced education, and entering the workforce, what decisions did you make? Well, through high school, I um, was supported in my interest in parapsychology by the physics and earth science teachers. We actually had a parapsychology club in my high school that I started, and I got to meet people like Dr. Montague Ullman and Dr. Gertrude Schmeidler, both of whom were very active in the field at that time uh, through one of my neighbors. They lived in our area in Westchester County, and they really encouraged me. I, I met Hans Holzer. I met people at the ASPR in New York. I was advised at every turn from everyone from J.B. Ryan by letter at, on down to study some kind of science, social or physical science, and then focus graduate work in parapsychology. I actually started out at Northwestern in the astronomy department, switched over to anthropology because it was a better fit for me. And then as it timing wise, as it happened, I was finishing up college just as they were starting a graduate parapsychology program at, at JFK University here in California. As I was going through, I originally intended to be a researcher in the laboratory, although I was very interested in field investigation and did a number of field investigations as well. By the end of my education, I realized that I wasn't really interested in um, sitting in a lab doing uh, trials and runs of experiments as much. And, and when I got out, because my family has significant background in television and radio, I found myself in a position to get a consultant's job at the American Society for Psychical Research, pretty much almost out of grad school, helping with uh, media outreach and public outreach for the ASPR. Just parenthetically, in what years were you at Northwestern? I was there 74 to 78. Wasn't that around the time Dr. Hynek was there? Well, actually, that's kind of the reason why I went to Northwestern when it came right down to it. I was also interested in UFOs at the time. Uh, and as I was visiting colleges for astronomy, because I was interested in figuring on going for astronomy, um, as I was looking at astronomy, Northwestern was kind of at the top of my list of, uh, of universities coming from the New York area, partly because my uncle had gone to school there and partly because after visiting the school it was one of the it was the beautiful most beautiful place i'd been to most beautiful school i'd been to and heineck was just kind of icing on the cake and i got time to spend time with him um as a, a junior in high school i visited there and he met with me to you know to talk about the astronomy department and i knew he was certainly i read his books and then when I got home that night, actually, uh, it was interesting that the Amazing Kreskin had a TV series on at the time, and Heineck was the guest that night. So it kind of sealed the deal for me. <laughs> okay, but you moved away from UFOs? Yeah, I totally moved away from UFOs, yeah. Um, I, I, just, there was, I have still had an interest in it uh, through college, but the, and I even volunteered at the Center for UFO Studies in his house for the first year. But frankly, I just couldn't... Um, the bandwidth is not there to study UFOs and parapsychology, you know, whole hog. Okay, why did you go to parapsychology whole hog? And the reason I mentioned that is because, as we know, the UFO field is very polarized. Some people yeah. regard it as toxic. I've had a love-hate relationship with it over the years. And so I understand when people say, I've had enough of this nonsense, let me get to something else. No, I was, but I was always interested in parapsychology. Parapsychology was my goal. UFOs were just an interest. So the, it, it really was not um, that I, I was switching from studying UFOs to studying parapsychology. I was always going for parapsychology. Specifically, what types of events most attract your attention? 
Well, I'm actually more of a generalist in the field, and although I'm known for being a field investigator and researcher, looking at apparitions, hauntings, and poltergeists, and those certainly hold my attention. I'm, I'm pretty much a generalist. I'm, I'm interested in all forms of psychic experience, and I've written about all forms of psychic experience pretty much over the years and done some research in, in a number of them. And I teach uh, parapsychology and have been since 83, again, on pretty much all forms of psychic experience and research and such. That's also interesting in relationship to the UFO thing, and that is you don't see much academic attention, serious academic attention at real institutions about UFOs, but you do see general parapsychology studies. Actually, you don't see parapsychology studies at, at institutions in the United States. But obviously, the, you found places that did do that. I, John F. Kennedy University was, has been the only accredited master's program in parapsychology in the U.S. Uh, pretty much ever. And unfortunately, because of financial and some political issues in the late 1980s, the program ended. Um, the only other person who got a parapsychology degree at all in the United States was Jeffrey Mishlove, who actually worked out an independent study at UC Berkeley. Um, and during his dissertation panel and the final panel, they pretty much made the announcement they're never going to do it again because it was too controversial. Uh, and we, we, we actually tried, I'm also on faculty at a school called, small school called Atlantic University, which is mainly transpersonal psychology. It's out of Virginia Beach. I teach an online parapsychology class. And we tried actually um, getting the Distance Education Training Council to look at, at, for the purpose of approval, a scientific, in a science-based master's program in parapsychology, which was actually heavily based on the one that JFK had. And they refused to look at the, the proposal in fact, they asked for a, they wanted us to petition them to look at the proposal. And then after uh, Nancy's and Groney, Dr. Nancy's and Groney put together a hell of a, a petition, including letters from Nobel Prize winners, it was turned down. The, uh, the official reason was that it was too controversial a subject for them to consider. Obviously, academics cannot explore controversial subjects because they might discover something that's controversial and not normally accepted. I'm being sarcastic. Let's do our break. <laughs> Lloyd Auerbach joins us this week, and this is just the beginning. We're kind of framing the background. We'll get into his research, his on-the-scene investigations, and so much more with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We are the premier independent talk radio network, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, or devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at webtv.net. That's Mr. UFO at webtv.net. Find out what they don't want you to know.
Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, hoodia and metabolic complex, and pro-metabolic, all on sale now. Also, the anti-parasite intestinal freedom and Warwood Plus complex, plus stevia liquid sweetener and the super enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988. Herbal Healer Academy. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. Lloyd Auerbach is joining us this week. We're going to focus on his parapsychology research. And we're starting up here with his background and the fact that he's one of the few academics involved in this subject. Does that make it easier for you to reach out to people in doing research? Well, it, it depends on what you mean by, by reaching out. Uh, you know, there's no funding to speak of uh, for my work, which is field investigation. There is very little funding for even the laboratory research here in the United States. So I can't say it's easy to reach out. It's easy for pretty much to reach out to the general public, but to reach out to other folks in other fields of, sub, of science, there is so much academic prejudice that even those people who have privately told us 
either individually or as a group that they're interested in, in the subject and interested in looking at the questions, they can't admit it in front of their colleagues for fear of ridicule and even losing their jobs. So it, it's the subject that is not just controversial, it's literally taboo for people to even talk about in the halls of academia for fear of uh, absolute ridicule or losing their jobs. That well, doesn't make sad. it easy. Now, let me ask you here. There's obviously a lot of pop culture focus on the paranormal. Yeah, you absolutely. You have ghost hunters type shows. Mm-hmm. You have the movies over the years that have involved some sort of ghost or paranormal phenomena like Poltergeist that have framed a lot of the opinions of the general public. And I know we had this discussion in our first segment before you came on with regard to a UFO-oriented show, Hangar One, which is connected to MUFON, and that is that they emphasize cases that are sensational, not factual. Do you think that all these paranormal shows have helped or hindered research because of the fact that it's entertainment and they're not always interested in the factual material, just the stuff that gets ratings? Well, a lo- I think that probably the ghost shows haven't hindered research so much haven't even really affected the academic opinion of parapsychology because because I, I think the ghost hunters especially so so avoid talking about parapsychology mainly because they don't know anything about the subject that they've kind of distanced themselves from us which is a good thing um, on the other hand some of the shows as good and as real as some psychics who have been on television have been the skepticism the commentary the frauds that have also appeared on television and in the public all of that's probably hurt us a lot more than the, the ghost shows have done. Uh, where the ghost shows, unfortunately, do hurt us, actually it doesn't hurt us so much, it hurts the general public, in forming the opinions of people uh, when they have an experience that leads them to conclusions that are <laughs> absolutely not true and fear-inducing. So it actually causes psychological damage. If somebody sees something on TV that leads them to, or in a movie that leads them to believe that just seeing an apparition in their house or hearing footsteps means that their house has a demon in it and they get terrified and there's all sorts of trauma and stress, it also leads people to make misinterpretations that they probably had not made before. Yeah, call Sylvia Brown. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be hard now since she's dead, although. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe that's the point. Maybe what we should be doing here is calling her up and getting her reaction. Now, I say half seriously, you know, maybe we should channel Steve Jobs and see what Apple is really planning for the next few years, since a lot of those plans were put into motion while he was still alive. But I'm not saying that seriously. Okay, so these TV shows, you say, aren't really having much of an impact. But don't they create maybe misconceptions as to what's going on? Yeah, not in the halls, not with the academics, because most of the academics don't watch those shows. Certainly with the general public. Again, there's a lot of damage that's been done in the way people interpret their experiences, whether they're really paranormal or not, uh, much more than anything else. And that in itself is is an issue. So it's one of those things that you really can't, can't, can't gauge the full impact of things out there, unfortunately. I can tell you that where the harm has been also has been generating frankly, thousands and thousands of hobbyist ghost hunters who pretend on the internet and elsewhere to be professionals and scientists, and they have no training in in parapsychology, no training in science, in fact, misleading people, misleading themselves, causing false interpretations, causing a lot of damage, and making people think that this is what parapsychology is on occasion. 
there is that confusion. Just like psychics back in the 60s and 70s used to call themselves parapsychologists, often because they didn't know any better. And that created a problem for us because everybody seemed to think that all of us were psychic, too. No. Wow. I, I would personally feel that these ghost shows um, are, are just basically entertainment. I, I don't really see anything uh, worth you know any any value really coming out of them yeah. other than the the entertainment uh, aspect and and I and I agree with you Lloyd I think these shows are really creating a, a monster out there with all these hobbyists going out there and mm-hmm. you know even if they do uh, investigate a case that's valid and and has some real uh, bite to it oftentimes they're going going to be doing more harm than good I think with the uh, with the people that are experiencing these these things right. who really want answers and that's why. It's really unfortunate that we don't have academia turning out people that are, are you know have the tools and the and the know the, you know the knowledge and the wherewithal to, to go out and help people. It's creating a monster, I really think. I'm you know, a bigger in some respects a bigger problem because uh, you kind of hit the nail on the head about turning out people who are who are trained. Several of us have courses and material and try to help try to train people. I do train people. I have a investigation course I've taught course I've taught through the Ryan Education Center, the Ryan Research Center. I teach my own distance learning and local courses uh, through a place here in Northern California. Uh, so I do train people, some scattered people here around the country. But the fact is that when you try to address these ghost hunter groups, these other folks, the shows have gotten to them somehow to be thinking that they've been fully trained by watching a TV show and that they don't either don't need any further training uh, or, or sometimes I hear back that how in the world could I possibly train people in studying something that nobody can identify or that's invisible? You know, that's like saying, well, you might as well not teach anybody or train anyone or work with anyone who, who supposedly studies quantum physics because you can't see that. And you can't detect it. It's all yeah. mathematical and inferential. So we have these people who disdain training, teaching, being taught anything. I, in fact, recently I was talking about uh, some some course that was offered by the Rhine Center and someone who basically said he's been around this field for 40 years. And the guy is like 45 years old. So he's been around since he was five years old, of course, professionally. That's the way he was putting it. Um, he, he said, how can you teach any of this stuff? And how can you charge, how dare you charge money for teaching any of this stuff? And the guy's actually going out to conferences and charging money for speaking. So you get a lot of people who have a lot of their own personal ego involved. I've met so many ghost hunters who claim that they're making a TV pilot because their goal is to get on television, it seems. And while these shows should be entertainment, the people on the shows, the reality stars, when they speak to these folks, to their fans, they, they don't push the entertainment agenda. They push it as reality. Yeah. Oh, boy. Now, if I'm watching these TV shows, this is my diet of paranormal information. I'm watching the ghost hunters. And let's focus this on the individual and just let you know we have to do our break in about a minute and a half. So this may be a longer answer. What am I seeing on those shows that isn't true? How am I being misinformed? Well, let's start with, uh, number one, parapsychologists and any scientist would never, ever investigate something by turning all the lights out. (laughs) <laughs> especially especially in circumstances where the people never even saw the ghost with the lights out. So that's number one. Number two, you're seeing a lot of misinterpretation and misuse of technology. Yeah. And the misapplication and misunderstanding that the technology somehow detects ghosts or paranormal phenomena at all because it doesn't do that. You're seeing um, people on some of the shows 
completely dismiss the witnesses because, hey, that's, you know, anecdotal evidence. In the meantime, they talk to one person who tells them the story of the place, and then they have their own experiences, which, of course, is anecdotal evidence. And on top of everything else, you're seeing people on TV um, apparently investigating something in 22 minutes that really would take about 30 hours the way they're shooting it. Well, so. they have to compress it. Of course they, they do. They have to compress it. They've got to fit this into, as you say, but, 22 minutes for a half-hour show, 43 minutes for a one-hour show. Look, From I, beginning I, to middle to end, let me break. Okay. Lloyd Auerbach is joining Gene and Chris. We're talking about the paranormal because you're in the Paracast. We are America's largest independently owned communications network, GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S. Hey everyone, have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host, Cheryl, for no-no hair removal. Thanks. Hey gals, I love talking about my no-no. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-No has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors, so it's perfect for using on all body parts. And now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial. Get the No-No, the facial kit, a travel case, and a $100 discount shopping card, and you don't risk a penny to try it. Try the incredible No-No hair completely risk-free. Call 1-800-953-6062. That's 800-953-6062. 800-953-6062. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866 404 
freezedryguy.com. Ouch! My back is out again. Hi, Dr. Ortman with Wellspring Spinal Care. If you're experiencing neck, mid, or lower back pain, this information is for you. One of the complaints that I hear is patients receive their typical adjustment, only having to repeat them as the pain returns. Putting the bones back in place is only half of the battle. At Wellspring Spinal Care, we have the entire solution. We use the NUCA approach, utilizing three-dimensional x-rays and gentle touch technology to deliver specific correction. We then design a custom nutritional supplement program which provides essential nutrients targeting the areas of concern. With a NUCA approach and proper nutrition, you'll be on your way to a faster and more permanent recovery. To get you on the road to wellness, visit DrOrtman.com. That's Dr. O-R-T-M-A-N.com. Or call us today, 952-303-9124. That's 952-303-9124. Wellspring Spinal Care, chiropractic done right. Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We were doing a little bit of myth-busting there with Lloyd Auerbach, our guest this week, showing you the things that you need to unlearn if you take those reality shows too seriously. This, Lloyd, is like the show my wife watches every so often about house hunting, where you have this family looking for a new home, they see three homes, and at the end of the segment, they have to choose which one they're going to buy. And that has about as much resemblance to reality as using a trip to the moon to find your home in Las Vegas. Right, and I actually talked to somebody who worked on one of those down, down that show who said that a lot of times the home's already purchased by those folks when they do it. <laughs> so what they do then is they kind of work backwards then? They work backwards, right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, the reality the reality, reality shows is that the production people run the shows, not the people on the shows. That's number one. So especially right. in the paranormal shows, uh, I've done a lot of television over the years, and I've had my show, my bits compressed, the, the things we've done compressed quite a bit. But the fact is that you could do it right or you can do it for sensationalism or you can make stuff up. And on some of the shows, they actually make stuff up. What are typical examples of the things that they make up? Well, there have been uh, instances on the Internet accusing certain people on uh, a couple of the shows of faking physical phenomena that's happened. So in one, I, I mean, I, I can think of one in which uh, one of the ghost hunters was supposedly touched or hit on the back. And there was a real question. Of, even the video was analyzed quite a bit, showing that that really didn't happen the way that he claimed. I'll give you another example. The uh, Moss Beach Distillery, which is a restaurant here in San Francisco that I've investigated and worked with since 1991, it's a real case. And we've had many, many witnesses and even had phenomena happen in front of us over the years. And when the place was, uh, the place had to be torn apart and put back together in 97 because of earthquake safety. And part of that, because I've been working with the owner, was to put in some recreation effects, which are, are just kind of recreate some of the things people have reported, but actually some, a couple of the things that have been reported years before and aren't even going on anymore. And we set them up so that we knew exactly where they were and they weren't in the spots that people had seen the ghost or seen the ghost do these effects. And anyone who actually looked at these things would know right off the bat they were special effects. It was kind of for fun and to kind of, uh, as the alternative to what the owner had originally asked me was, how do I get, you know, he wanted me to ask the ghost to do more stuff. And since I couldn't hire the ghost to do that, it wasn't really 
useful. Well, they weren't available. <laughs> Their agent wanted they, they too much you know, money. They, they weren't going to punch a, punch a clock, you know, and how do you pay them? Um, so anyway, in 2008, Ghost Hunters did a show about it. As it happens, months before uh, and about a week before they were actually at the distillery, I got a call from one of the producers from Pilgrim Productions asking about another location that Jason and Grant were going to, which was the Presidio Officers Club here in San Francisco. And when I asked where else they were going, they said they were going to the distillery. And I, and I said to the guy directly, I said, you guys know all about the special effects. Make sure that they're all turned off. And he said, yeah, we know all about those. So the show goes on. And they pretend like they don't know anything about the effects, which, by the way, a Google search would have brought up reference to the effects in the eight of the top ten, uh, the first ten stories that came up. And everyone in the Bay Area pretty much knew about them. So they, they claimed they didn't know anything. They turned the show into a show exposing a hoax that the owner had deliberately invited them there to uh, fake out ghost hunters to get more publicity. And the truth is so oh, far from that. It's crazy because first, A, it was not a secret. B, the owner didn't invite them. The production people scour the location. They find locations. Uh, they also, Jason and Grant found, one of the first things they found was the only effect that actually wasn't turned off was one that only triggers if you open the ladies' room door a certain number of times. It was a giggle out of a speaker above the door and then a face appearing in a mirror, which is clearly not a real face. And they found the speaker for the giggle and then they start looking through the ceiling and they claim that they found um, special effects speakers throughout the restaurant. They actually found the PA system of the restaurant, which is where you pipe music in. They didn't right. find anything else. And they, you know, they, there was a lot of bogus stuff that they did. They even broke a couple of effects, according to the owner. So that was a, a situation where they absolutely either they didn't have anything happening. So they had to have a story or this was just simply a, a good example of them showing, hey, we, we expose fraud wherever we can. In the meantime, they didn't expose any of the special effects of the Queen Mary that are on their paid-for ghost tour. <laughs> wow. Which is actually where we got the idea for the effects. Wow. Queen Mary. So it was selective, and uh, the distillery actually suffered quite a bit. They, um, the place was egged. They got phony reservations. They got hate calls. I got tons of hate mail because I was basically blogging at the time I was watching the show, explaining what was going on and and basically saying how is it that they in every other place they do research this place they didn't do any research and now they're saying that it's not worth doing research because you don't want to be biased when you walk in so i i kind of called them on their crap yeah and it's like the pot calling the kettle black here <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy it's yeah. and it's, and the problem is that this could have been completely done by the production people Jason and Grant and most of the other folks on these shows have essentially ironclad non-disclosures. They can't say, they can't disagree with the show. Well, you know, that brings to mind this other show that we mentioned from time to time, a one-season program called Chasing UFOs, where one of the co-hosts, James Fox, who has done some really great work with documentaries and is currently working with Tracy Torme to do a new documentary about UFOs called 701, he basically attacked the show and attacked all the excesses and the errors. And one of the other co-hosts did that as well. Yeah. Why does the show is coming out? I mean, it was like they, the second. They, I'm sure they took a chance that they wouldn't be sued. And that's good that they, they haven't been because there have been threats of lawsuits consistently. And in fact, the newer releases that these shows are putting out, I've actually not done a few interviews 
because the release forms were frankly not only insulting, saying that, you know, you have to know that we, we may be humiliating you and that you're okay with that. And you won't be able to sue us, by the way. And they also sign you to a non-disclosure where you can't even use the name of the show at all, nor can you say anything negative about the show. And in fact, one release I recently saw said you can't say anything negative, not only about the show, but about the series and about the network. So anybody who signs that, if they say anything you know, uh, derogatory at all about the network that the show airs on, is subject to legal action, and they have no recourse whatsoever. Not even the First Amendment? Not according <laughs> it, it to this. Doesn't, it doesn't now, matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, yes, they do. The, the, it wouldn't hold up in court, frankly. Um, I've, I know a lot of attorneys who have looked at it. It wouldn't hold up in court, but it would be very expensive to defend against because you're defending against a network that's got deep pockets. Yeah, deep pockets and a whole suite full of lawyers just right. itching for something to do. <laughs> well, they borrow those lawyers from Apple and Samsung. We're so busy suing each other. You know, when they have free time between lawsuits, they handle the affairs of a TV network. Oh, no, there's plenty of uh, TV lawyers who work for these places that uh, love to raise hell on their own. Um, I even had a circumstance years ago with a show for Fox Family before it got uh, purchased by ABC Family where the non-disclosure was in place. And I, I agreed to change the non-disclosure to where I wouldn't talk about the show until the show aired. But, you know, I, I cr- I'm critical of TV, and I'm a, kind of, you might say I'm a paranormal TV critic, so that's part of my process. And they ended up with the, I ended up with the head of Fox, uh, the Fox legal department on the phone with me. Oh, and it great. was a really – and the producer was there too. And it was pretty much a funny, a funny call because – I, I said, you know, they weren't paying me for the show, for the interview, and I was doing it as a favor for the location. And the guy said, well, don't you want to be on TV? And, and I started laughing, and the producer actually started laughing, who was on the phone, too. And I, and I said, uh, you better tell him who I am and how much TV I've done. And, and after that, when I just basically said, so let me, let me get this straight. You want me to sign away my rights just so the show will air twice? Yeah, and you're not paying me? Yeah, I don't think so. All right. And then they let it go. They they let me do what I wanted to do. Yeah, and, and that's that's a real problem that, that you've just brought up. I think with some of these shows is they just assume that they can lasso anyone because they want to have their face on television. And right. you know, I, I I my I've been on over seventy shows myself. I've, I've for twenty years I've been dealing with these people out in Hollywood, as I, I like to refer to them. And it's like when they call me now and I say, well, you know, I'm a professional. I I actually do feel producing and i work in the business i'm a yeah, videographer yeah. uh and i do charge charge for my services oh really well, well don't you want to be on tv and i always tell uh, them i used yeah. up my 15 minutes of warholian fame 20 years ago i don't right. i don't need to be on tv i'm you're asking me to help you that that's going to cost you right and so you know it's it, it, they really have this this mentality that just because they're a tv production company they can get anybody not pay them uh, Frank can quote them, take their words, and, and and actually turn it into the exact opposite of what people say at times. That's happened to me on, on a number, couple of occasions. And to me, it's it's uh, really problematic to gain any sort of uh, forward traction uh, in terms of these subjects being taken seriously by by science and by academia. And it, it just makes it all that much more difficult to really do uh, quality work out there. And you get lumped in with all these amateurs uh, and it's, it just, mm-hmm. it's just not, I don't think it's, it's not productive. We're going no, to be more productive folks. We have Lloyd Auerbach joining us with Gene and Chris. That means you're in the Paracast.
Communications Network, GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Contact me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. M-B-R-O-W-E-R at GCNlive.com. That's M-Brower at GCNlive.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Question. Could too many GMO foods and toxins be overloading your digestive and immune systems? Answer, yes. If you're searching for a powerful detox that's gentle enough to use every day, use Pro-EM-1 from Terragonics. Pro-EM-1 is a powerful liquid probiotic that uses good bacteria to suppress pathogens and gently eliminate toxins from your body. A healthy digestive system will cleanse and remove toxins, support weight loss, improve absorption of food nutrients, and aid in controlling yeast and other infections. Pro-EM-1 is made with only non-GMO and certified organic ingredients, has no preservatives, and is dairy, soy, wheat, and gluten-free. Pro-EM-1 is the key to your digestive health. Order Pro-EM-1 Daily Probiotic Cleanse at Terraganix.com, spelled T-E-R-A-G-A-N-I-X.com, or call toll-free 866-369-3678. That's 866-369-3678. Also available through Amazon Prime. Pro-EM-1 from Terraganix. Life's getting better. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Lloyd Auerbach is myth-busting. He's a paranormal investigator and academic, and we're looking over the problems with the media, with reality shows. And Chris, of course, was talking about his experiences on TV where the things he says, well, they're twisted around. Like he was talking about on one particular show, something happening in the Mysterious Valley. And by the time he sees the show, it's been moved to Sedona, the entire event. Lloyd, you had a response to that before our segment ended. Yeah, I, you know, people, people on these shows are going to do whatever they want. The reality shows, are, which are very different than news shows, they're supposedly going for entertainment. But they pretend like they're doing journalism. I've actually had people, because you were talking about charging for, for time. I mean, when I've got been presented with these more recent re- release forms that are kind of, like I said, insulting and restrictive, I've pretty much turned around and said, you know, I'm happy to sign this as is, provided you pay me a significant amount of money. I mean, I, I can be bought. We can all be bought, of course. And, uh, you know, I, I, cite, I usually charge, cite an outrageous amount that I know they're never going to go for. But it really boils down to, them treating experts as if they are as crazy as some of the people that they interview. Because let's face it, some of these shows find crazy people who have experiences, not just average people who have experiences. And these release forms were actually designed for people um, who have experiences who are the targets of the reality shows and people who have actually 
not follow the non-disclosure because they were so mad that their story was changed, just like you were talk- talking about Chris, the location for Chris's thing piece changed. Uh, when people see their story change, I, I knew this woman up in, um, in Oregon, Southern Oregon, who had a friendly ghost, and then she had something negative in her house, like a negative energy. And they had paranormal state come to her house, and they changed the whole story. So now the, the nice ghost that she's been talking to consistently became the evil ghost. And there was some demonic overview mentioned, and they fa- there was some stuff, physical evidence that seemed to be fake according to her. She came out and started talking about it once the show aired, and they started threatening her legal action. But it turned out that they had not had her sign the appropriate release form, so she was not as restricted as they said she was. Oh, yep. that must have been just a wonderful thing to do, though. You know, getting yeah. back at these sharks. It's amazing. <laughs> you know, they, they claim that they're well-intentioned, and perhaps some of the people who are on the shows are well-intentioned, but the shows, they just are about producing the shows. I mean, let's face it, production people. My father was a television producer for NBC Sports. My uncle was a director for, for CBS and ABC. Um, I've got a brother who works at Today Show, another brother who cuts movie trailers. I mean, I, and my, I have an uncle who's a former newscaster from uh, radio newscaster in New York. I've, I've been around this since I was since before I was born, actually. And I've talked to people at all levels, and I understand that they, they want to make a show that's entertaining. But they're sacrificing... Um, the people who are providing them with the story, they're making them look bad or making the story look inaccurate or causing problems for them, you know, for the benefit of their production, which frankly is not as entertaining as they think it is. Uh, obviously, there are people who do find it entertaining, or at least they find it real, so they watch that show religiously, the shows religiously. But personally, I don't find any of the paranormal TV shows entertaining. Um, I find some of them interesting. The ones where people themselves tell their own ghost stories, those are more interesting to me. Well, I kind of think, though, a lot of people watch this just to have something on the tube. And they don't care whether it's factual or not. What worries me, and we'll get on to other subjects, there's a lot more to cover. What worries me about this is that this reality show mentality is infusing cable TV news, which also becomes a reality show. So you want to learn about the events of the day, but you're seeing it through the skewed eyes of a marketing department that wants to tailor the news to fit your political belief, depending on what that political belief is, to feed you raw meat as to what you think should be happening, whether or not it's true. You know, my wife and I were just watching um, The Daily Show the other night. We realized that it's really sad that we're getting a real news from a fake news show and the fake news from the real news (laughs) shows. It's kind of ironic. I think most of the kids out there actually get their their news from uh, from a daily show. I, I, I've heard this time and time again. Yeah, you know, and I that tossed shows, my satellite that sh- uh, receiver out the door seven years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I, I refuse to have broadcast television in my house. I, I just can't. I can't take it. You know, local news can be really good or bad, or bad depending on who the reporters are. But you know, the thing about the Daily Show and shows like that is that they make people question. They're they're trying to get people to actually question what they see, which I think is the ultimate goal, or should be the ultimate goal of any show like that. With intelligent skepticism. Okay, yeah. Let, let's go away from the TV shows and the reality shows, and let's look into one thing you mentioned before, that a lot of people are going out there doing ghost hunting and haven't a clue of how to investigate anything. Maybe they learned their lesson from watching the show. So if someone wants to actually become a ghost hunter, there's some paranormal events of some sort mm-hmm. in their locality, and they want to find out what's going on. Is there a place they can take the course? Is there a place they can yeah. study? What should they not do? 
Well, I would stay away from any sources connected to any of the TV shows, number one. Um, and there are a lot of people who are writing books that have learned their craft from that. Start with actually, and, and, and you know, I'll be self-serving and say you can start with my books, but the fact is I have several colleagues who's, who wrote some, written some great books and articles as well. So start with the people who are members of or connected to the Parapsychological Association, and they can go to the website of the Parapsychological Association, which is parapsych.org, or even go to my website, mindreader.com, and link out to that. Look at who the members are and start looking at those names. They do not all do investigation. Only some of them do. But they are, are, a lot of them have written on the subject. And learning general material about ESP, about psychokinesis, mind over matter, about what we call survival of bodily death, which is where ghosts fit in. Um, people have written stuff about that and even get stuff for free through uh, Google Books or archive.org by searching the phrase psychical research and get the early books on the subject. Um, they can even search ghost hunting and they'll get some of the early ghost hunting books uh, using that term back from the late 19th century, early 20th century. Before, so, of course, TV infected that medium. Right, right. And even before the technology became prevalent, you know, the handheld technology, because that stuff became incredibly the purpose of it, uh, because I, I've been identified as, one, as the first person to apparently use the tri-field meter on TV. And using a, a Gauss meter, using a magnetic field detector, was not to detect ghosts. It's to detect certain environmental changes. All the equipment is to detect environmental changes, generally. And you infer that something unusual is happening, but you have to connect that back to a human experience, someone having an experience. And that's the way you kind of work backwards to the tech. But the early stuff, they, they used you know things like measuring tapes and cameras, and they did use some stuff to at least document the environment. But there are more, many more research, recent sources, and my website is a good place, again, to start to link out to all the organizations to find people in the field who know what they're talking about. And frankly, all they have to do is send a note, an email to me, to most of the people on the list of the Parapsychological Association will respond to them. We're not about keeping the field insular. One of the things that is kind of a directive and drive for a lot of us is bringing more people into the field, but they have to come into the field wanting to learn uh, and wanting to understand and, and not assuming that what they've seen on TV is real, because most of it's not. Now, we assume, speaking of assumptions, and we'll probably move this into our next segment, and we'll also ask listener questions, and that is the basic assumption of ghosts, for example. This is something involving life after death. But isn't that a supposition, too? Well, of course it is. Um, it is a starting point. And actually, when we talk about haunted houses and, and apparitions and things, we actually have two models or two starting points. One of them is that apparitions are um, consciousness surviving the death of the body. And that's the position we, we go from. But we don't find that that's, that turns out to be the case in many of the cases that we go out on. Uh, we also have the idea of hauntings, which are often called residual hauntings out there in the community, uh, where it seems like the environment has somehow recorded an event and people are sensitive enough to pick it up from time to time and kind of replay it in their heads like a video playback of or an audio playback of things and these are models to start with however every parapsychologist going into an investigation uh, even if we think that it's an apparition or think that it's a haunting or think that it's a poltergeist which is a completely different phenomenon altogether we go through every reported event everything that people report to look for alternative explanations 
Let's get and, into more of this in our next segment. Okay. Late hour back, joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Adam Miller here with Midas Resources. Today, April 21st, 2014, gold opened at $12.98.80. A one-ounce gold coin can be purchased for $13.46, $6.73 for a half ounce, or $3.36.50 for a quarter ounce. That's $13.46, $6.73, and $3.36.50. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? Wait a sec. Gold and silver is going up while Congress is trying to settle on the next debt increase. And there's no end to this madness. That old 401k and IRA can be converted into physical gold without tax consequences. I explain this in my book, 10 Reasons to Buy Gold. Don't let time slip away. Call for your free copy today, 800-686-2237. Get away from that Washington spin and get honest answers about gold. 800-686-2237. The book is free, 800-686-2237. This alert just came in. This special announcement is for business owners and leaders of organizations who've been waiting for the right time to build. General Steel has made it impossible to wait any longer with rock-bottom prices that could save you thousands. That's right, General Steel, America's leader in pre-engineered structures, is offering buildings at prices you will never see again. Don't miss these prices. A 50 by 100 for $35,000. You heard right, that's 5,000 square feet for $35,000. Manufacturers, if you need a larger building, try a 100 by 100 commercial building for $129,000. You can't afford to rent with these prices. Imagine a 70 by 100 foot church building for under $69,000. With the economy improving and interest rates still at historic lows, you can't afford to wait. So call 866-91-STEEL. Lock in your price now. Call 866-91-STEEL. That's 866-917-8335. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. 
It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. We're focusing heavily on myth-busting and the nuts and bolts of paranormal investigation as opposed to just case histories, and we'll have some of those, and we'll have some of your questions. But let's just move on a little bit here, because you brought up poltergeists, and we have these things that seem to move around of their own will. But one common theory is that's excess energy from young people at the puberty stage. Is that true? Well, that's the stereotype. Of that, and actually, I think Stephen King's book, Car- book and movie Carrie, were probably more responsible for that stereotype taking hold than anything else. Poltergeist cases do surround a living agent. This uh, model of uh, poltergeist goes back to Nandor Fodor in the early 20th century, who was a psychotherapist, a psychi- psychiatrist actually, and a parapsychologist. And Bill Roll, William G. Roll, actually crystallized that and came up with the term recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, or RSPK. It's not necessarily excess energy. We don't know that it's actually energy in the way we think of energy. But it seems that there's a living agent or a living person at the center of these poltergeist cases whose unconscious is tossing things around using an ability we have called psychokinesis. It is, in a large percentage of the cases, connected to stress, uh, emotional or otherwise, and that points to puberty and adolescence. So about 60% of the cases are people between the ages of 12 and 24, 25, not just teenagers, not just puberty. And then we also have about a third of the cases that seem to be connected more to neurological activity, uh, especially epileptic type or epilepsy in the brain. So epileptic type activity, kind of like think of the poltergeist outbreak as a seizure Uh, being directed outward instead of inward in some respects. We also have an alternative from some of my colleagues who do not accept that living people are doing it. Even within the field, there are people who think that it's actually ghosts that are doing it in poltergeist cases. So we have differences of opinion. But the model of the living agent piece holds up for a number of reasons, one of which is we can get it to stop pretty easily by identifying and working with a living agent. Conversely, is it possible then to trigger that effect and control it so we have some sort of telekinetic ability that we can harness when we want to? Doesn't that sort of follow? It sort of follows. uh, And we've had cases in the past where people were able to control their abilities, the agents, for a time after um, the investigation. Uh, we had one, uh, one at JFK, in fact, a woman who was a bartender who it kind of burned itself out because it does tend to burn itself af- out after a while. Uh, but we have had people controlled. The problem of triggering it, if it's stress 
or epileptic activity, frankly, is a, a ethics. I mean, we're dealing with human subjects here, and ethically, that would be bad. What doesn't sound healthy. It, it's probably not healthy. You know, the poltergeist outbreak for, interestingly enough, for epileptics, one of the things that's been reported is that during the time that the poltergeist activity or the PK activity is happening, the people don't have seizures even if they're off their meds. So actually, it may be healthier personally for those people than otherwise. We don't know what the actual trigger in the brain is for that because it doesn't happen to all epileptics, certainly. And for stress, people are stressed. Some people seem to have that ability. And, well, one of the things I teach in my, my classes, I have a cl whole class on psychokinesis, and I do teach a method of learning to do some PK, although it's nothing big, but it's kind of a starting point for people to kind of get the idea in. The courses that I teach kind of do include not just research, but also a little bit of practice for people to try things. And I teach them both locally and distance-wise otherwise, too. But isn't there the danger there of having it go too far? You know, um, if we had poltergeist cases where it had ever gone too far, uh, I'd say that that danger is there. But the very rules of psychokinesis, it seems, the psychological bindings of psychokinesis have to do with the fact that human beings in most cultures do not believe this is even possible. That's the biggest problem and biggest stumbling block for getting people past uh, anything to do this sort of thing, is they have to see it happen, believe that it actually happens, then even believe that they can do it themselves. It's kind of like athletic performance. You have to believe in yourself to some extent, or at least sidestep the belief completely and, and not even think about it, which is why the unconscious seems to be able to do it a lot better. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Now, we have a bunch of listener questions, uh, Lloyd, and, and I, I really would like to start with this one because I, I think we're we're kind of heading in this direction. And and it's a question from SRL, who's uh, been a longtime poster at forum.theparacast.com. And his first question would be my question, too, uh, is in overviewing the totality of your investigation research, what is the single most compelling case that you could offer to peer-reviewed science uh, that would – you know, show them the existence of these types of paranormal phenomena? Well, um, I've had a number of cases that we've had experiential and other evidence, and I'll, I'll tell you one of my, a couple of cases in, in a moment here. Far, and peer review within my own field would be one thing, but we have, like I said, we have people in my field who have difference of opinion. We've got a group of folks in my field who do not believe in life after death, so I don't know that it would convince them no matter what, but I will say that the case I'm about to talk about has made some of those people even wonder what the hell's going on. Uh, that there may be something more going on here. So one of the cases that was probably the most convincing for me personally that ghosts existed happened in 1985, although the case had been going on for a year and a half. Uh, and the woman who was the ghost had died a year and a half before that, so three years before I was even involved. It was a family that was not afraid of the ghost that they were all seeing. Uh, it turned out that the mother, father, and son, and even the boy's grandmother were seeing the ghost separately and not talking about that with each other for the year and a half that they've been living there and until the boy actually mentioned that he was not only seeing her, he was communicating with her. He was talking to her on a daily basis. Then the mother got a little concerned. Well, he's 12. Is he going to be okay growing up talking to a ghost, even though we know the ghost exists? So there was a little concern about that. That was not really a concern as it turned out. And when I, was, I brought the two people with me to investigate, we were told by the boy who had the ghost with him, uh, it was kind of like a sitcom. We're walking around. We don't see somebody. He's talking to somebody who's not there. He's listening. He's telling us family stories about this woman's life. 
He's telling us stories about the town, which we dismissed because he could have read those and, and learned those. Uh, we ended up sitting down in a semicircle with the mother, her mother, and the boy. The father was out of town at the time. We're able to actually direct questions at the ghosts and have the boy, who is not a psychic or medium, although he was sort of acting as a medium, actually respond, or at least listen and respond. And it included questions about what she was and what happened when she died and why was she still there. And all of the answers were kind of shocking coming out of a 12-year-old because they were incredibly adult, number one, uh, very insightful, fit models in parapsychology, actually going back quite a ways that would have been hard at that time to dig out unless you did a lot of uh, reading and research, which he clearly had not done. And then I, I also got from him the woman's only living relative, who his mother had been trying to contact since the house was bought in an estate sale. But the attorney for this guy, because the guy was in an assisted living facility, blocked her at every turn. Now we have his contact information. I actually talked to him, went to visit him, and all the family stories that we were told, I could start one and he would finish it because they were all stories that the guy knew about or was involved in himself. So it was, it was kind of that was really important. And then on top of it, kind of the capper was each of us, the three investigators, myself and the other two, were asked a question specific to our, our drive from JFK University down to Livermore, so it was about a 45-minute drive. And we're going um, to have the answer in our next segment. That's the cliffhanger, folks. That's the entertainment factor. Lloyd Auerbach joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Independently leading the way for the nation. Compelling talk. For every political persuasion, we are GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com we live in a complicated society. Stressful issues are always popping up. Have you ever been treated unfairly by someone? Have you ever been overcharged for a repair? Have you ever signed a contract or a document? Worried about identity theft? How many times have you been in those unique situations where you just wanted to call an attorney to find out if you're right or wrong or what your legal rights are? But every time you think about calling an attorney, what do you think about first? That's right. Who do you call and how much will it cost? Our friends at Legal Shield have found a solution. With a nationwide network of 6,900 attorneys who average over 19 years of experience, Legal Shield's law firms take over 40,000 calls per week helping their members. For less than $20 per month, you can have access to Legal Shield on everything from the trivial to the traumatic. Let Legal Shield stand up for your rights at lsprotection.com. That's lsprotection.com. Or call 855-340-SAVE. 855-340-7283. Results will vary from case to case. Mother's Day is right around the corner. 
If you haven't ordered your Mother's Day flowers yet, make sure to visit ProFlowers.com for an amazing deal. ProFlowers has a Mother's Day special for radio listeners. Get 100 gorgeous blooms for mom with a free glass vase for $19.99. And if you want to make her day even more special, upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99 more. Mom will be so happy when she unwraps her beautiful bouquet of blooms, guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least one full week. Each time she looks at her Mother's Day flowers, she'll think of you. But hurry, this deal expires soon, so make sure to place your order today. The only way to get this incredible deal is to go to proflowers.com radio right now and enter the code PLOW, P-L-O-W, proflowers.com radio code PLOW, P-L-O-W. That's proflowers.com radio and enter code PLOW, P-L-O-W. Can heart and body extract help with other ailments besides heart conditions, high blood pressure, clogged arteries, or unbalanced cholesterol? It did for Karen. I've been using heart and body extract for approximately two weeks. I've had an earwax buildup problem for many years, with over-the-counter stuff not working at all. I had very poor hearing due to this earwax buildup. Well, after two weeks of taking heart and body extract, my earwax buildup almost completely cleared up. Could this be the effect of better body circulation? Heart and body extract is an effective 100% organic nutritional supplement specially formulated to allow your body to heal itself. My hearing is almost completely back to normal. I'm amazed. Order by calling 866-295-5305 or online at hbextract.com. That's 866-295-5305 or hbextract.com. Heart and body extract for long and healthy life. My name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. I like to do those cliffhangers because it makes our listeners, I hope, want to listen past the ads and learn more about what our guest is saying. Lloyd, give us the rest of the story. Sure. So, Chris, I, I basically asked the ghost Lois, do you have any questions for us? And by the way, the first question was kind of an interesting, funny, goofy thing, because uh, apparently the ghost had seen some commercials for Ghostbusters watching TV with Chris the year before. Who are you going to call? Right. We had a promise, actually, not to bring our portable particle accelerators and ghost traps. So the first question was Chris kind of laughing. He said, she wants to know if you actually use those things in Ghostbusters. And I, after I turned it back into a kidding thing. And I said, well, you know, of course, the, the, the backpacks leak nuclear radiation, so they're kind of dangerous. We can't get insurance for them. He, he said, okay, so Lloyd, what kind of new car do you want to buy? Joanna, do you really want to quit your job at the law firm in San Francisco? And Kip, how long were you a professional dancer in LA before you came back to school? Whoa. And those were questions that were specific to our drive, the 45-minute drive to Livermore. We did not mention those. I had a tape recorder running. We did not mention any of that stuff. It was not even an opportunity to mention any of that stuff when we walked in. So the alternative, there are two other alternatives here. One, they bug my car for some reason. And this is not a family that sought any publicity whatsoever. They have no, had no motivation for that whatsoever. So I kind of ruled that out. The other was that Chris somehow was really, really psychic. Um, and I said, well, you know, how does Lois know to ask us these questions? You know, how do you know to ask us these questions? And he looked over at Lois and turned back and says, you may not like this, but she didn't trust you guys about the Ghostbusters thing. So she went to the university and rode in the back of your car and listened to your conversation on the drive down here. 
Wow. And, and of course, um, my student Kip, who had been in the backseat, turned a little green at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and we all laughed about it. It was very, very funny. But that, that was a case that, you know, the only alternative would have been somehow that this kid had made it all up, uh, that he had found diaries that Lois had left behind, which Pat, his mother, had clearly been looking for. She was an attorney herself, and she'd been trying at all to find anything about the, the woman who used to own the house, because it was a beautiful old house, and they bought a lot of her furniture, too. And there were, there were so many things that were against that concept, that it, it could not have been that. Not to mention the fact that the other three family members saw the ghost also. Wow. That, that's really, uh, that's quite impressive. I, I, I've never heard of a case that, uh, that featured that kind of compelling smoking gun evidence that would, uh, you know, legitimize uh, the case like that. You know, that, that that's amazing. There, there have been many cases throughout the history of our field where the ghost has uh, given information about themselves, about their lives that has been verified, that the people could not have known. We have that with haunting cases, too. People move into a home, something, something starts happening, they experience something, they, come, they check the history of the house, and lo and behold, what they're experiencing actually physically did happen in the house a year before, five years before, ten years before. So we have those kind of veridical situations and experiences we have them all the time and uh, you know I, I can tell you that the, the folks on tv and the ghost hunter community doesn't have them that much just because they're they're constantly trying to look for something negative and they miss the point of the whole investigation by not dealing with the witnesses so much and the experiences they want to get evps and they want to get their technology evidence but that's not the case the case is the people well, living or dead this is a very stupid question, but I think listeners who haven't followed this are going to ask it. And that is, when someone dies, are they guaranteed to become a ghost next or some condition has to exist, maybe unfinished work, whatever, that keeps them in touch in some way with our existence or reality? I think actually that's one of the smartest questions that anybody can actually ask when it comes right down to it. It seems, first of all, 99% of all apparition or ghost experiences happen where a family member, a loved one, somebody in relationship with a person who has just died, sees or experiences that person at the moment of death or within usually two to three days. And never again. That's it. They're gone. They're, they're wherever they go. You might need a medium to call them back from the other side, but that's it. The ones who stick around... The reasons why they're here when people interview or ask them those questions or where they hear from the ghosts run the range from in unfinished business to denying that they're dead, you know, the human denial of some condition change, to actually being afraid of what's next. That happens, uh, we hear that a lot, that people are afraid of what's next. So you have that. But we do think that there probably are environmental conditions. It's something more than just people wanting to stick around. Otherwise, we'd have a lot more ghosts. That's pretty clear. So there's something else, and it's probably environmental conditions. The, the, the greatest connection we've got here is with geomagnetic fields and similar fields in the environment. And so it may be that the conditions need to be right for somebody to stick around. And frankly, you know, even though I don't necessarily think in this direction, we cannot rule out that some higher power has a plan for those people or that they, you know, they have to learn something. I can't say that, that God or gods or or the force or entities, something else has some plan for them, or karma, uh, because there's no way to detect that or, or to get to that point. Well, let me ask you then, because you kind of imply it here. Are there any differences among people who experience ghost events 
among racial, ethnic groups or religious groups? There doesn't seem to be any sort of difference except when you overlay a cultural or religious belief system. And then it's the interpretation. So ghosts look like human beings, uh, but how people react to them and what they say about what the intention is that they give them will depend on the cultural or religious belief of those folks. I've, I've actually been out on a number of, of um, documentary projects as, I mean, as a technician uh, at some haunted sites. And uh, I remember uh, ask, getting asked a question once by someone at one of these uh, sites, and they, they wanted to know, why, why do ghosts wear clothing? <laughs> that, again, you know, that's one of the questions I, I asked that question probably when I was five years old. Where do they get their clothes from? And it, that fits our model, actually, of apparitions. You know, people talk about seeing apparitions, but you're not really seeing the ghost with your eyes. Because if you could see the ghost with your eyes, with your optics, then everyone could see the ghost with your eyes. That would mean that the ghost is reflecting light. Right. And you could photograph the ghost. All right? So that, that, that doesn't answer the question of where they get their clothes from, but... What that says is the logic of that, understanding that, and working through that, we know that ghosts are not visible, in, they're not visible to the eye. This is a psychic phenomena. We're connecting with them. We're adding the image to our own brains. You might say that it's a superimposed image, kind of like a green screen image that's happening. And the signal comes from the ghost. Well, ghosts, like, if they're people, if they really are people, they think of themselves with clothing on. They also think of themselves looking a little younger than they were often when they died, or certainly looking healthier than they were when they died. And that's the way ghosts are seen. People are seeing ghosts with whatever the ghost that person's self-image happens to be. And since we all think of ourselves with clothes on, usually, that's why ghosts are seen with clothes. And changing clothes, by the way, and sometimes changing ages. Well, interesting. So what I'm what I'm hearing here is that it, it's almost virtually impossible to photograph a ghost then. Right. That's right. It would so mean, do we have any, any genuine uh, photographs or video footage or film footage? Uh, not really. I mean, there, there are a couple of famous photographs, the, the Brown Lady of Raynham Hall. Right. Uh, there's a, a few that, that look good. The reality is that um, a ghost would, be, would not actually be photographed, but the ghost could theoretically affect the camera or the film or both uh -huh. with psychokinesis. So think of it as the ghost, because uh, some ghosts can affect, can seemingly move objects, and at least some of the cases we have like that. And it seems that if there is an intent on the part of that deceased entity, that they can affect the camera and uh, cause something to appear. And, it, and you know, the, all these orb pictures that are on, uh, on the internet, they're not ghosts, uh, unless the ghosts actually made the orbs happen, but they're certainly not ghosts, and there's no logic behind any of that uh, at all. It's, it's really difficult. Um, you know, it, video cameras, regular cameras, it's not much different than the magnetic field detectors in that we might be able to get an effect on the camera, uh, but that doesn't mean we are photographing the ghost, just like we might get a change in magnetic field. That doesn't mean the ghost is giving off a magnetic field, but maybe affecting the magnetic environment. Hmm, interesting, because that's that's not what you would would learn if you were watching the uh, many of these uh, ghost oh, hunting shows. It, that's it, correct. Th that's the exact opposite of what what they claim. That's of course opposite logic that we find so much mm -hmm. infecting the media these days. We have Lloyd Auerbach with more to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> For the independent-minded, the Genesis Communications Network, GCN.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. So here's what happened. I was placing an order online. The site went down. It took hours before it returned, but I'd already placed the order with another company. If your site goes down, you could lose business. And if you have a business or personal site, you'll want to know it's easy to run and it will stay online. At iWeb, your site is hosted on one of the most reliable networks in the world. Talk to a sales rep at iWeb.com. Use the promo code TECHNIGHTOWL for a special discount. Harvest Right is the world's first in-home freeze-dryer. Freeze-dry your own fruits, vegetables, meats, and full meals. With Harvest Right, you can prepare foods that last 25 years, preserving its freshness, nutrition, color, and taste. All your food can be freeze-dried. So don't throw away your leftovers. Freeze-dry them with this incredible in-home money-saving freeze-dryer. Go to HarvestRight.com to see how the Harvest Right freeze-dryer works. That's HarvestRight.com. We love that you're passionate about GCN. And whether you're a listener, a business owner, or a radio industry professional, we've redesigned the new GCN newsletter to keep you in the know. Text GCN Live to 22828 or click on the banner at GCNlive.com. Enter by May 15th. You'll qualify to win a six-month supply of storable food from MyPatriotSupply.com. Start receiving your newsletter today. The future of talk radio. GCN. It's hard to imagine when things are going reasonably well, just how quickly things can change. But what would it take? Economic collapse? Massive crop failure? Chemical or biological attack? So many situations could find you in the grocery looking to pick up food for your family only to find that the shelves are empty. There's nothing. Don't let that happen. Act today to make sure that if it ever comes to that, you and your family will be provided for. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com to look at the wide variety of survival foods available. Freeze-dried foods from the Freeze-Dry Guy store longer, rehydrate faster, are nutritionally superior to, and taste better than any other long-term storage food available. Visit FreezeDryGuy.com or call toll-free 866-404-3663. FreezeDryGuy.com A little over a year ago, I began to do a lot of research into why, even if I had a pretty good-sized meal, that I was still starving. And my research led me to a well-known fact that most of the soils that we grow our crops on here in the United States and across the industrialized world are almost completely depleted of almost all of the key minerals and trace elements that our bodies need to rebuild themselves, fight off cancer, and be healthy. I then searched out the best vitamin and mineral company out there and discovered Longevity. The Longevity products are designed to give you the real nutrition you need, and once you've got that, you don't have to eat as much to be satisfied. I've lost 37 pounds in two months simply getting the vitamins and minerals I need. Check it out for yourself. It's incredible. Go to InfoWarsTeam.com today and order your first canister of Beyond Tangy Tangerine Complete Multivitamin Mineral Complex Dietary Supplement. That's 
InfoWarsTeam.com. Hi, this is nuclear physicist lecturer Stanton Friedman. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Our guest this week is Lloyd Auerbach, and you see this guy is realistic. He's got his feet firmly planted on the ground. His head is not in the skies, but he's exploring the things the unknown things around us, trying to get some reality around them. Chris, more questions from our listeners? Yeah, and this goes into uh, a, a, a kind of what I was going to mention about a an experience I had up at the Connor Hotel in Jerome, uh, Arizona. And um, we had a, a $22,000 brand new 3D Panasonic camera at the end of a hallway in this hotel. I had just gone down with some lights. I was starting to to break break equipment down. And we had a psychic in the in the hotel. We had just been interviewing her. As I was going downstairs with the gear, the director put the camera, didn't turn it off, but put it still in record mode at the end of the hallway in front of a big mirror. And as I was walking up the hallway, uh, I had something lean out. At first, I thought it was somebody just you know heard some heard, heard me walking down the hallway and looked out the door to see who it was, and I could see the figure in the mirror, and. All of a sudden, I realized, well, wait a minute, I didn't see any features on this. It was like a silhouette of somebody, and and there was enough light to actually, I should have been able to see details. So I immediately turned around and went back, and there was no door there at that particular spot in the hallway. I was absolutely out of my mind with just, it just, I was so excited because we had a 3D camera going, and it should have, you know, obviously... In record mode, it should have picked this picture up. We could not initialize the footage. The camera would not initialize that particular clip that was about seven minutes long. And he tried every which way but loose to get that footage out of that camera. Brand new camera. Now, it's the first time we'd used it, and he's been using it ever since with no problems. Mm-hmm. And this leads me to a question. <laughs> this one comes from Polterwurst, and... I think it ties in with what I just mentioned to you. I was That was the first time I've ever seen anything, and it was a mirror image. But he's wondering, do they actually drain batteries? Uh, do they avoid trying to be seen? Do they do things like mess with electronic uh, equipment, as I've described, uh, in an effort not to be documented? Well, you know, first, um, the battery drain thing. I've been on so many different TV shoots, and we've had all sorts of bizarre things happening with uh, the TV cameras. And um, interestingly enough, not only my own recorders, but usually with the, the, the crew stuff, whether it's the camera, the microphones, the sound system, the VTR, any number of things. We, we've, <laughs> I've had some very, very bizarre tape switches and segment switches in, in the cameras and tapes um, that seem to be intentional. So, uh, you know... Not every ghost does that. Not every case does that. Uh, you know, people there seem to be under this impression that ghosts, in order to manifest, need to drain batteries or change the temperature, drain energy from the system. Uh, the cold spot thing, which is which is absolutely untrue, by the way. Um, we'd have consistency uh, in at least most of the cases if either one of those things was true. So, whether they do it intentionally, I think, would depend on the ghost. Uh, and depend on the circumstance. And there's also some evidence that shows that in some of the hauntings, the imprints, that something about the environment does something to the, to the electronic equipment as well. Hmm. So it, it's tough to know, unless you actually have somebody communicating and asking the ghost in that moment, right. why'd you do that? You know, what was this about? 
Uh, and it may be that they're just doing it to let you know that they're there. Um, we don't know actually where the effect is. So, for example, we had a case in Florida, uh, and on the case with me was a gent by the name of Martin Caden, who was the creator of The Six Million Dollar Man, a consultant to NASA, science writer, science fiction writer. And he had taken us to this place called Ashley's Pub, not far from the Cape. People as far back as the 60s, the original seven astronauts, some of them had had experiences in this place uh, with the ghosts there. And a lot of people had, had seen physical phenomena and entity uh, and apparition appearing. And as we're there, we have a problem with our camera battery, which is a full battery, just you know, charging. It starts beeping and telling us that it's drained. So it stops. We go outside to the, to the van to, to get another couple of batteries. And as soon as we walk outside the building, the battery shows full again. And it's working. Go back inside. Within a couple of minutes, it's drained again, or at least it shows that it's dead. That <clears> almost <throat> sounds like the effect you get sometimes with a UFO case. Yeah, and, and the, yeah, question, similar. The, the question is whether or not the battery was actually drained and to recharge. Probably not. It probably was that for whatever reason, the contact was not being made anymore. So it looked like it was being drained. It's the same as with our magnetic field detectors. You know, frankly, I don't know if we're really measuring a magnetic field change or if a ghost or something is making the indicator start moved to make it look like there's a field change. Mm, uh, that, that's interesting. You know, most people would, would just assume that the equipment is working properly and that they're actually picking something up that, uh, that right, is, right. and, and I've, I've never really thought about that. You know, it could be a, a manipulation by the, by the uh, energy form uh, itself. Right. And, and also you need to put in the, um, the possible effect and manipulation by the operators. One of the things we know in parapsychology is there's something called an experimenter effect, which we can extend yeah, out. Yeah, the observer effect, sure. Yeah, and, um, you know, we all have a little bit of PK ourselves, and we can influence things ourselves. Some of what people get with EVP is likely coming from them, not from any sort of spirits, or at least coming through them. Uh, the same thing goes with any of our other effects, too. You mentioned EVPs now. There's a lot of reliance on that particular yeah. Yeah, a phenomenon on these shows. Where do you come down on EVPs? Do you, do you, you know, some people say that it's it's just the cheap electronics and the handheld digital recorders, similar to digital flashes producing orbs and cameras. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there, where do you come down on that? There's a lot of of crappy EVPs. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of unusual sounds, and the problem with with the EVP is you have to make sure you have a second recorder going to make sure that, and preferably close by the first one, so that if the person was sub vocalizing, talking under their breath, or some other sound. If it was an actual audible sound, then you'd have it on both recorders, uh, typically, if we're talking about digital recorders. Audio recorders, you know, cassette recorders were a problem because on occasion they could actually pick up stray radio signals, uh, CB radio especially, and they even would pick up the sound of their own motors. So that was a problem that you don't have with the digital recorders anymore. But there's an interpretational thing, and there are possible other sounds, and you have to rule those things out. Uh, and then just because you're hearing a voice that says, I'm over here, doesn't mean that that's the spirit that's in the house, if there are spirits at all. We've had, um, I do work with psychics as well, and on occasion, some of the psychics I've worked with have, have had to tell, this, tell the ghosts who have followed them around because they, they wanted to talk to somebody, kind of like in the movie Ghost with Whippy Goldberg's character. They had to tell them to, to shut up and let the ghost who's present speak through the EVP at all, if, if anything's going on. Uh, plus, we have the really interesting finding that in many of the ghost hunting groups that report a lot of EVPs, it seems like the same person gets EVPs over and over again, and no one else in the group does, or very few other people do. So there's something about the operator getting that electronic voice right now that is different than the other people in the group if, in fact, there are spirits present, and it may be the operator's affecting the device or making it easier for the device to be affected by something.
Now, in the movie Ghost, it was all about the Patrick Swayze character hanging out mm -hmm. because he was murdered and wanted to capture the real murderer who turned out to be his best friend, played right. by Tony Goldwyn, who currently, by the way, is in that TV show, I think, Revenge, where he plays the president of the United States. Oh, right, right. Right, and of course, he's Goldwyn being the famous movie family, that Goldwyn. Mm -hmm. He's right. a member of that. But yeah, how I mean, realistic is that? Is that about a ghost hangs around because of the unfinished work, and once that happens, whatever they meant to do, whatever they tried to do, if that's accomplished, the ghost goes away? Is that anything close to the reality? That's one of the reasons, although it doesn't have to be because they were murdered. It could be because simply they needed to say goodbye to family members sure. or needed to pass along a message. Uh, but unfinished business, I think that it depends on what you would consider unfinished. Certainly a murder would be unfinished if you're kind of – it's not solved. But other kinds of unfinished business, it's dependent on the individual. I think the reasons why ghosts stick around are, range from the same reasons that any individual goes to any place, so any human being. They're human, so they have that. The movie Ghost otherwise – had a lot of basis in people's experiences and the way we have interpreted that ghosts appear. Uh, if you remember in that movie, he, Swayze's character had to learn how to move something. Uh, and he got that from that, the ghost, uh, Vince Chivarelli, who was the, the subway ghost, who was knocking newspapers out of people's hands. As it happens, the film writer, the screenwriter, actually used my first book and a book by D. Scott Rogo, one of my colleagues, as research material for that script for the movie Ghost. You know, it's very interesting how the fact is, even with a fictional movie, you've got research people who will go back and try to ground it if they care about such things, and they don't if always. They care. I think, I think yeah. ghosts, they did care about yeah, such oh, things. Oh, yeah, definitely. He, he really cared about it. And there have been a few people who have really... I've consulted with, with uh, TV writers on occasion and with screenwriters. In fact, I'm actually doing a talk at the Great American Pitch Fest in L.A., uh, in Burbank, in June, which will be addressing Hollywood uh, screenwriters. And we'll be doing a workshop next September for screenwriters and TV writers of dramatic shows and comedy shows, not the reality shows. I want to ask you one other question about a TV show in a moment. Mm -hmm. We have Lloyd Auerbach joining us. And by the way, he has a website, which is linked to from the Paracast. So if you go to the Paracast site to check out shows, if you click on his name, you go to his site. No easier way. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Not just an alternative to the mainstream media. We're the premier independent talk radio network. We are GCN. If you own a business, you need customers, right? Well, your potential customers are listening to this radio program right now, and I can help you reach them. Hi, I'm Matt Brower, a national marketing executive at the radio network responsible for this program. I can help you customize a national radio campaign that fits your budget, large or small, while targeting your specific audience. Call me to learn how radio advertising can make your business more profitable. 877-996-4327, extension 128. That's 877-996-4327, extension 128. We the people grow cotton. We fabric. Engrave Inc. embeds strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Hi, Ted Anderson. I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237.
springtime is save big time at Herbal Healer Academy. Long-term customers know spring is the time to stock up at HerbalHealer.com. And for new customers, welcome to the web's best place to save on vitamins, minerals, and more. Log on for spring specials, including our 500 parts per million colloidal silver, all sizes on sale. Choose from Herbal Healer's great variety of weight loss products like apple cider vinegar, Hootia and Metabolic Complex, and ProMetabolic, all on sale now. Also, the Anti-Parasite Intestinal Freedom and Warwood Plus Complex, plus Stevia Liquid Sweetener and the Super Enzymes, all on sale for spring at HerbalHealer.com. As always, we offer certificate correspondence courses in natural medicine. Enjoy same-day shipping and free online newsletter. Log on now to HerbalHealer.com and click on Spring Specials to save big with our nation's leader in supplying quality natural medicine and education since 1988, Herbal Healer Academy. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, talking about TV, Patricia Arquette yeah, and plays he, in the TV show Medium. And by the way, yeah. she's doing a pilot now for a new CSI spinoff, totally away from this. Okay, so she has psychic powers. Week after week, for what, four or five years, that show continued on TV, on two mm-hmm. different networks. How close to reality was it? Well, I actually have met and sat down with Allison Dubois. I actually know her a little bit sure. and her husband, Joe. Personality-wise, a bit of a personality difference between Patricia Arquette's character and Allison's. Allison doesn't have dreams. She doesn't work the way that, that it was indicated in the show. She doesn't need to go to sleep and have the dreams of people, and it doesn't quite work that way. But she did have uh, and has had real cases with the DA and um, with the police departments in Arizona. Uh, So, you know, it's based in her work, but each case is not based on stuff that she did. Just like there have been other shows that have been based supposedly on real situations. And sometimes it's it's really based on the general character, but not necessarily about the specifics of what that person has done. And she doesn't look anything like Patricia Arquette. Patricia Arquette is, is attractive. I, I, I will say that Allison's a knockout. <laughs> and, and I will say, you know, the other what's interesting is that Joe, the character of Joe, her husband, that's a lot. He's a lot closer to the actual Joe, I think. <laughs> they're really nice. They're really nice people. By the way, that character, he played a serial killer in the following. <laughs> the fellow who played her husband yeah, on Medium. Right, right. But he got knocked off early on in case <laughs> you watch that show. There you go. Well, that, that brings up the subject of mediums. And, and I must say, uh, going into some of the haunted sites that I did uh, a number of years ago uh, yeah. as a camera person, audio person, and, and someone that's actually kind of signing off on, on the evidence chain, I have worked with a number of mediums. And I'll tell you one person that really, really impressed me was Amy Allen, who's on the show The Dead Files. And mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure some people out there are familiar with that show. But but I'll tell you, I've seen Amy work, and I, I was the one that made sure she didn't know where. She had no idea where we were going, not even the name of the town. And we, we shielded her as much as we possibly could from knowing where she was going to actually be working. And the information that she came up with was stunning. 
I mean, I was absolutely stunned at some of the things that she was able to to determine uh, walking through some of these haunted sites. And uh, in in my estimation, there's no way that that she could have known that information beforehand. So that brings up the whole question of mediumship. Mm-hmm. What is it with a person like Amy Allen uh, or some of these mediums out there that actually seem and appear to have uh, real talents? Give us a sense of of what it takes to, uh, for a person to have those types of talents. It's tough to say what it takes for someone. It certainly takes recognition that they have it, and a lot of times it takes recognition from childhood and and also growing up in a family that doesn't dismiss the experiences and right. talk them talk them down. And that's typically what happens to people generally with psychic ability. I'm president of the Forever Family Foundation, which works with mediums to support family grieving and supports research in survival of bodily death, especially mediumship. And I'm on the advisory board of the Winbridge Institute in Tucson. Arizona that has done significantly controlled research with a number of mediums. In fact, if you go to their website, winbridge.org, there's a list of their research mediums who went through a one-year process with multiple blind conditions, distance conditions, to do readings to show that they'd actually have ability and those folks are available for other researchers to, to work with as well, as well as doing private readings and, and such. Years, a few years ago, I, wrote a, I did some research in, on my own work with mediums and psychics and did a paper on it. There are abilities that people have, you know, kind of like creative abilities. Like I said, it's almost like musical talent and artistic ability that it's innate. It's there. Um, a lot of people have it that may not realize that they have it, and that can be brought out. But psychics, people who are psychic have different talents in different areas. And not all psychics talk to ghosts or can hear from them. Not all psychics can do healing. Not all psychics can do precognition. It just really depends on what kinds of aptitude they might actually have. The same with creative talent in general. And what I do find is that the mediums themselves, um, very differently than a lot of psychics, have serious interest in understanding their abilities and even in the research that's going on. And they otherwise, you know, I've met so many of the mediums, you would never know that they were psychics or mediums just by hanging out with them unless they told you. Because they are regular people that just happen to have this ability. And I think that seems to be an indicator of somebody who's truly genuine because their ego is not focused on completely living in that world. Where we do see that with some psychics who become divas, essentially, and are next to impossible to work with whether they're real or not. Yeah, Amy is a good example of that. She she has learned, uh, actually a long time ago, uh, how to turn it on and how to turn it off. And I think right. that, that that's important if you're, oh, yeah. you're going to be able to utilize your ability and uh, retain your sanity. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You have to be, you can't be open to that, that, you know, to your non, the non-physical world, you might say, all the time because you would go crazy. Well, yeah, bit. yeah, you'd go nuts, uh, you yeah. know. <laughs> talking to dead people all the time could could probably uh, do a number on your head. Well, you brought up uh, you know talents and, and, and innate abilities. I have another question from Polterwurst, uh, which is a good one, and and he's wondering: Are creative, outgoing people uh, who are said to score highest in EVP tests also more likely to have a paranormal experience? It. it- it seems that we have, through the laboratory research, we do know that people who are extroverted, outgoing, tend to be more likely to be psychic, or at least to perform well in psychic testing, and, and there are ESP and PK testing, than the people who are more introverted. Creativity is an absolute connection. Uh, creative people have scored significantly higher uh, at all ranges of different types of, of uh, parapsychological testing. 
So that's a big, big piece there. Uh, of course, not everybody is extroverted all the time, and even introverts can be extroverts sometimes. And it seems right. like the, the action of extroversion allows you to kind of open yourself up and rather than being introspective and second-guessing yourself. I think a lot of it has to do with second-guessing. Um, even the remote viewers who work for the Army and uh, the Stargate Project, those folks had to learn to go with what first came to them and not to do too much analysis of that right. uh, up front. They had to let it flow and then do the analysis after the flow was done. Yeah, because you're just going to get in your own way. Right. I wanted to go it's- into remote viewing very briefly. We have had shows focusing on what was done decades ago. Are they still trying to do that or what? Well, um, I, as it happens, I have a new book coming out. I'm the third author on a book called ESP Wars, which is about the U.S. and Russian programs. Uh-huh. Um, co-author of that, the main author is Ed May, who was the head of, who ran the Stargate program from 85 to 95 to its closure. And the viewers themselves are still working on uh, more kind of uh, private sector and other types of research and, and jobs. There's been no indication that the government, our, our government is doing anything with remote viewing. And even the viewers who still have kind of connection in there have said that that's not really happening, that they have no interest in doing that sort of thing. And it's because it's such a political hot potato. And actually, our book is as much, if not more, about the politics of how these programs even started, both in the U.S. and the Soviet Union, right. and why they ended and why they aren't continuing as anything else. Uh, and there's some really interesting bits about the Soviet. We have contributions from uh, Nicholas Sham, who was the, the second in command of the KGB. Uh, and also General Alexei Savin, who was involved with the KGB and ran some of the, the, the uh, psychic training programs over there, which are a little bit eye-opening and not in the way that conspiracy theorists are going to be happy with. So, <laughs> Well, tell us maybe why didn't these programs work out as intended? Um, they did work, but what, okay. you know, the, the intention, of course, with any sort of program where you're trying to do intelligence is that you get really good intelligence. And psychic phenomena does not work at 100%. In fact, they, what they had was about 15% of the remote viewings for these. They were tasked with certain things, targets they had to do. And 15% of them had very detailed, actionable intelligence. However, that's about the, that at that time, and it may, may have changed by now, but at that time, late, late and mid-90s, that was the, the percentage of actionable intelligence coming from our normal sources, right. from our field agents. So they figured that, A, it, was, it wasn't costing that much. It was about a million a year, so it wasn't really that much. But it was a political hot potato, number one, if it, people, you know, when people found out about it. Uh, and also, the, it wasn't any better, they said, than the intelligence they were getting from the, the in-the-field sources already. Although It's a as, lot safer, I would think, because people were sitting in a room rather than of course it's going safer. to the, another country and getting caught and getting tortured. Lloyd Auerbach joining us. We're into remote viewing now and a lot more to come. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, are you tired of dealing with a slow web hosting provider? Well, check out A2 Hosting and their screaming fast Swift server platform. They even have SSDs that load pages 300% faster than the competition. Ready to give your site a speed boost? Well, Tell you what, neighbors, head on over to a2hosting.com. That's A2, that's number two, a2hosting.com. Check out their Prime Hosting account. And get this, neighbors, 
They're even giving you an exclusive 25% off discount for all our listeners. 25%. And remember, their Guru Crew support team is standing by 24-7-365 days a year to answer any of your questions. Now, to get the discount, use the coupon code GENE when you check out. Gold isn't for you? Ted Anderson, president of Midas Resources, one of the world's premier gold and precious metal investing firms. I get it. You wouldn't buy gold if you believed that the government is doing a great job, that the Fed will stop handing out trillions of dollars like bailout candy, that Social Security would be there for you. That's not what's happening. You might even pass on gold if the stimulus package wouldn't fuel inflation, or that the dollar wouldn't lose value, or that your retirement would be secure. If all looks rosy to you, then now is not the time to buy gold. For the realists, there have never been more sobering reasons to diversify with gold. Since 2001, the U.S. dollar index has tanked 30% while gold has risen 300%. Right now, savvy investors are adding gold to their portfolios. You should too. Find out what they know. Call us and I'll send you 10 reasons why gold will do very well, free. 800-686-2237. 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Mother's Day is right around the corner. If you haven't ordered your Mother's Day flowers yet, make sure to visit ProFlowers.com for an amazing deal. ProFlowers has a Mother's Day special for radio listeners. Get 100 gorgeous blooms for mom with a free glass vase for $19.99. And if you want to make her day even more special, upgrade to a premium vase and add gourmet chocolates for just $9.99 more. Mom will be so happy when she unwraps her beautiful bouquet of blooms, guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least one full week. Each time she looks at her Mother's Day flowers, she'll think of you. But hurry, this deal expires soon, so make sure to place your order today. The only way to get this incredible deal is to go to proflowers.com radio right now and enter the code PLOW, P-L-O-W, proflowers.com slash radio code PLOW, P-L-O-W. That's proflowers.com slash radio and enter code PLOW, P-L-O-W. If you're worried about your health and you're tired of the nasty side effects of harsh drugs or antibiotics, then look no further. Supernatural Silver is the answer. Supernatural Silver is a powerful immune system enhancer that can be used every day to help keep you healthy and well with none of those nasty side effects. It's extremely safe for use internally as well as topically. And Supernatural Silver is hundreds of times more effective than colloidal or ionic silver. It is perfect for use in the sinuses, eyes, ears, and on any wound or skin issue. Supernatural Silver is also extremely effective when taken orally and can help fight off bacteria, viruses, and mold that may be overwhelming your immune system. Go to SupernaturalSilver.com SupernaturalSilver.com and use the promo code SILVER2014 for 20% off of your entire order and give yourself and your loved ones a fighting chance with Supernatural Silver. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Remote viewing, not reliable enough? Well, if it's as reliable as 
on-site intelligence. Hmm. But you mentioned here about private industry. Has it moved very much into private industry remote viewing? I'm thinking of industrial espionage. I'm thinking, for example, in South Korea, where mm-hmm. Samsung wants to learn what Apple's doing for the next iPhone or the next iPad, and they've got these remote viewers in a little room. Well, first of all, it's never been that detail where they could actually go, as far as we know, down to circuits. That, that would be a little bit, you'd pretty much almost have to train the viewers in the tech first and be able to recognize that. Yeah. Uh, it, it certainly would be possible, not that I've heard or any of the, the folks who've been involved in this have heard. It's been applied to some investing and uh, it's being applied. Actually, the Russians applied it in the military in actual uh, field operations back during the Chechen war. They had trained viewers and trained psychics in the tanks on the front lines on occasion to help them stay out of trouble. Wow, and, I never heard that. Yeah, that's one of the things we got in the book. And there's, there's some really interesting things that I learned about the Russians, including the fact that a lot of what we got from the 70s, from the, the psychic discoveries behind the Iron Curtain, and a lot of trips that people, American scientists, went, on, went over to the Soviet Union, a lot of that was, I guess you could say, BS, that was not directed at us, however. It wasn't like they were, it was propaganda for the West. What it was, was internal propaganda as... They were trying to keep the labs open, so they basically, the scientists and even the people running the labs, the 50 like locations, were kind of over-exaggerating what they were able to find and what they could actually do to yeah, keep the money security. flowing. It was job security. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's kind of interesting to see that, hey, they're no different than us. You know, let, let, let's, <laughs> right. let's make stuff up to keep the money flowing. That's, that seems to be the, the name of the game when it comes to bureaucracy on both sides. Is that a problem with private industry, though? In terms of remote viewing itself or the Sure, BS? anything like that. Well, the only private industry that I know of that for a short time tried to do some research and, and work on this area was Sony. Sony, there was the head of Sony a, a number of years ago, I think it was in the late 90s, actually sponsored and put some money into an ESP lab in Japan because he was personally interested. And when he either passed away or I think it was he passed away, that stopped. It was cut. Again, you know, because it's got this academic uh, thing to it and the bias is there and people make fun of ridicule. And it's crazy because you want to try to make use of whatever tools you can. It's the same problem we have with psychics working with police, that police departments have to do it on the on the on the sly, because if if it comes out, then not only do the skeptics jump all over them. Oh, right. Yeah. For wasting public money, which there's very little money involved in that when psychics work with police. But then you also have the, the Christian right who starts jumping all over, right. over this because it's, it's of the devil. So you have both ends of this where people get hampered in order to, to be able to do something. Yeah. Well, that leads me to an interesting question. Uh, we're kind of shifting gears here to, to OBEs or out-of-body experiences. This is another question from SRL from uh, our thread at forum.theparacast.com. And he's wondering if you're familiar with a recent, about four years ago, he says, study involving out-of-body experiences and emergency rooms. And he says, apparently there were symbols placed in obscure locations in emergency rooms scattered throughout a dozen or so different hospital locations in the hope that those experiencing OBEs would happen to notice the symbols while in that state. Are you familiar with this? Yeah, I mean, this is, there are still hospitals that have a few things. It's actually the OB that might accompany a near-death experience uh, because that's the kind of OB you'd have. And right, if you're in an emergency room. Emergency exactly. room or an, or an operating theater, for that matter. Right. The study has not been finished. You know, the data's not in on that. That is all based on a research um, study that 
Charles Tart did back in the 60s with and 70s with um, OBEers, where he had them resting on a on a bed, and he had a series of numbers on a shelf high above the ceiling, you know, near the ceiling, and they were to look at those numbers when they floated to the ceiling, and there was some success with that. Something similar was done by the American Society for Psychical Research. Instead of a shelf, there was a, a, an optical system that was created for Alex Tanis, who was the psychic who did this work from an, to float out from an isolation room and float into the, uh, the lab where he would look and see this specially constructed optical illusion that was charted on a computer. And he also had to try to affect something physical in between. And that research, actually, you can see a video on that on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, to Lloyd Auerbach uh, on YouTube, or if you just put in ASPR OBE experiment, that'll actually take you to it as well. And it's a 20-minute video that was originally, um, it's kind of an extended video that was edited together from some raw footage shot by Independent Network News back in 83. Let me ask you in general about paranormal powers. Is this something we're born with? Is this something we develop? Is this something that maybe humans had centuries ago, but civilization kind of suppressed it? Well, it seems to be innate. It seems like people do have these abilities, uh, at least the aptitude for the abilities. Uh, Kids tend to be much more psychic than adults. We either grow out of it or we are educated out of it, kind of burned out of us just by the process of our parents and society telling us it's not real. Uh, So it is something that people can develop in childhood. Occasionally, people have reportedly developed these abilities because of physical trauma, or sometimes a psychological trauma as well, that kind of brings them either back out or brings them out entirely. There is something that's there. It's not like something that you're suddenly blessed with all of a sudden that you never had before. It's, it's, it's resident in you to start with. As far as evolution is concerned, you know, it's possible. We, can't, we don't really know for sure how much people use this, but we do know that certain indigenous peoples around the world to this day still claim to be able to telepathically communicate with one another from a distance. The Australian Aborigines that are still nomadic claim that, and there's some evidence for that. Certain cultures, they claim to be able to teach people or have healing abilities that the rest of us haven't developed. Again, they can do that because they believe in it. We are culturally or enculturated out of reliance on these abilities because we don't really need them. I mean, frankly, while we see an application and a real use for psychic ability in police work or in espionage and other things, that stuff is, it's not like a day-to-day life thing. It doesn't really help us on a day-to-day basis. Our normal senses, and especially the other sources of information we have around us now, especially today, kind of override the need for a lot of psychic information because there's so much there. People certainly want to know about the future, but that's always been a shaky thing. That's not ever been something we could ever really rely on. Uh, As Yoda said, you know, always in motion is the future. Well, when we're quoting Yoda, I mean, that's the pinnacle of success right there. <laughs> right. I mean, Well, remember, Yoda also said, there is no try, there is only do. Hey. That, that's important for psychokinesis. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, we have about a minute left before we break. Do you have another question we could start with? Yeah, yeah I've never heard of this particular experiment. Uh, one of our posters, Kanakaris, is it asking about your take on the skull experiments, uh, S-C-O-L-E. I'm not sure, sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Yeah, that's correct. The skull experiments were done in England. Uh, It was a group of researchers who got together in somebody's basement with only one access point. They did it in the dark because they're sort of basing this on the Philip experiment, which wasn't done necessarily in the dark, but they're basing it on the old-time seances. And the idea was they're going to try to do what's called a sitter group and try to contact spirits and see whether it was their own abilities kind of coming out or something beyond that. They would find out and 
they had some success reported, significant success reported, in everything from flashes of physical light that appeared in the dark, which they caught on camera as it happens, to messages from ostensible spirits, although it's, it's hard to know whether they were actual spirits since there was no corroboration from anybody. Uh, no real good information that was verifiable, more advice type stuff. I'll tell you what, let's go into more of this answer in our next segment. Lloyd Auerbach joining Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. <laughs> Free from the shackles of corporate America, we're the place for independent thinkers. GCN. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com I will never forget the day my son Jeremy told me he hated me and slammed the door in my face. I'm behavioral therapist Janet Lehman. Behavior problems can turn the child you love and your life into a nightmare. That's why my husband James and I created the Total Transformation, the step-by-step program that shows you how to fix the worst behavior problems and get your child to respect and listen to you again. No matter what the behavior, defiance, backtalk, angry outbursts, disrespect, we can help you stop it. Now you can get the total transformation for free. All you need to do is get the program and let us know how it works for you. You can keep it forever for free. Limited number of free programs available. Call now. 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. That's 1-888-912-1595. 1-888-912-1595. Great news, pure water lovers. BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com has a special discount offer for all GCN listeners. You can't do better than a Big Berkey for economy. For only 1.7 cents a gallon, a single set of filters can last for 5 to 10 years. There's none better than a Big Berkey for emergency preparedness as a backup water source. And you just can't beat a Big Berkey to remove dangerous chlorine, all types of fluoride, pathogenic bacteria, cysts, parasites, and unhealthy byproducts from municipal water. Berkey water filter systems are even powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. For the gold standard in water filters, get a Big Berkey at BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. And all GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. For details, call 1-877-99-BERKEY. That's 877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey Water Filters, for the love of clean water. 
There are many things the human body can do very well, but maintaining the proper pH level isn't always one of them. That's where AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops can make a world of difference. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps your body do what's natural. Just a few drops a day helps rid your body of harmful waste and acid while promoting health and restoring vibrance and energy. Alkalizing boosts your immune system and can help fight headaches, irritability, cramping, and insomnia. Alkalizing also helps the body fight depression and even bone loss. To learn more more about the importance of alkalizing and how you can find life-changing and vital balance, please visit AlkaVision's brand new website at AlkaVision.com. Same great products, but now easier to use and more informative than ever before. To get your very own plasma pH drops for just $29.95, call 800-518-7615 or visit AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Alkalize your body and supercharge your health at the new AlkaVision.com. Hi, this is Don Ecker, and you are tuned into the Paracast. Let me tell you what, you're going to hear stuff here that you probably won't hear anywhere else. Hear that, George Snorri? So this particular experiment, Lloyd, any more details about what they learned from it? Well, you know, they they learned in terms of what they learned. I mean, they learned that they were successful. They were able to... It was a five-year investigation looking at life after death. They believed that they got significant evidence for interaction with people on the other side. And it was done by some researchers who were extremely careful about making sure that there wasn't any fraud uh, going on. Um, You know, there's quite a bit of information about it on the web and on Facebook. They have their own page on Facebook. And there's even a documentary called The Afterlife Investigations that was done with some of the Skull people. And I was actually involved in that as well. Uh, several books on the subject. And, you know, they were very outstanding results because they had so much physical stuff that had happened that given the people involved, we can be sure weren't being faked by people. They're not doing it now, though. They're not doing it now. This is this was back in the 1990s. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you you mentioned the uh, the Philip experiment and Burnt State, one of our very active posters at forum.theparacast.com is very interested uh, in your take on on the Philip experiment from the 70s, and mm-hmm. he wonders if this really does speak to different powers of the mind. Yeah, uh, the Philip experiment was all about psychokinesis. This group in Toronto did this based on the research and model of psychokinesis, mind over matter, created by Kenneth Batcheldor, looking at what prevents us from being psychokinetic, setting up a situation in which you could get past things like witness inhibition. You know, in our culture, in most cultures around the world, seeing something fly around the room, you try to deny that it happened or don't believe it at all. We are inhibited from even witnessing and admitting that we witnessed this stuff because everybody will say you're crazy. There's also something called, in psychokinesis, called ownership resistance, which is, it's pretty, for most people, it's a pretty scary, well, it would be cool to move things with your mind. It's also a really scary thing to think about your mind uh, your thoughts being turned into action, especially unconsciously, without you consciously directing something. So there's a fear-based piece here and a cultural piece that prevents you from being psychokinetic. So how do you get past that? What the Philip folks did is they set up a situation where they were doing kind of a seance. They had a couple people designated as uh, mediums, and the researchers who were mediums were pretty much supposed to make this a fun thing. So they actually faked a few things. And they kept track of what they faked. But it was all based on the idea of, we're going to contact the spirit that never existed. They made up a character named Philip. They gave him a complete backstory. They had the fake mediums fake a couple things to get people laughing. They basically set up a party atmosphere. And eventually, it started getting raps, uh, unexplained raps and other physical phenomena 
that responded in accordance to Philip's back history, his backstory. So in essence, the information was known to all members of the group. So it was never thought to be coming from the outside of any, any one group member. And it's hard to know whether it was a single group member whose unconscious was causing the responses or the group itself that did this. But it kind of was the same model that led to the spoon bending parties of the late 1970s and into the early 80s, which were done with a group of adults yelling at spoons to bend. And it's kind of silly, but that kind of ridiculous situation gets you well past this idea of owning up to it or because you don't have to worry about it. I mean, it's, right. it's just a spoon bending or Philip did it. You know what? A former girlfriend of mine back in the 70s told me the story where she was watching Geller, Uri Geller. On uh-huh. television. And she had a spoon in her hand. She looks at the spoon it's bent. Yep. Now, there was no reason for her to make this up. As outlandish as it might have seemed, and she was an aspiring actress, so I thought, you know, this is show business. No. She was perfectly serious about this. And so I accepted it. You know, I'm long out of touch with her. I haven't heard from her in 30, 40 years. But you get the point. Mm-hmm. The things, weird things like that did really happen to people, whether you believe in Geller or not. Right. Uh, you know, I, regardless of Geller's abilities and his real ability was motivating people. I, I think that um, if he had anything you can say to about anything, he's first of all, he's a great motivational speaker, as it happens. I've seen him speak that way. But when people watch someone and they believe that that's real phenomena, they tend to be able to do it themselves. In fact, when I teach psychokinesis, this is based on Martin Caden's model because he he learned to do PK on his own uh, back in the late 80s and through, and I met him in 1992, it, it was really interesting because what, when he taught other people, it was pretty clear that when people tried to do it on their own, even with telling them how to do it, they didn't have much success. But as, as soon as they saw someone else doing it, it just opened up this, this flood of people able to do it. Uh, we did a workshop wow. together at the University of Nebraska back in the early 90s, and we had people trying to turn to move these, these small targets. And we had one or two people able to do it when he explained how to do it. But when they saw him do it, we had 101 people in the room. We had 52 people actually moving the targets. So it's a matter of seeing it, not just using the information academically. Seeing is believing, as unfortunately people think. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. It it just it it makes you wonder, uh, you know, how some people may have these abilities. And and, and it it would take something like that to trigger it off. uh, Yeah. Well, you know, we, we can take an example from sports here for a second. Um, it was physically impossible, according to all experts, to run a four-minute mile until Roger Bannister did it in 1954. And after he did it, a few dozen people, you know, it was not too right. long after that people started running more than a four-minute, you know, shorter than a four-minute mile. So we see this in athletics all the time where there is a limit placed on folks and suddenly somebody breaks that limit and now a lot of other people can break that limit. We hold ourselves back. Right. So well, once someone else does it, you feel whatever internal impulse exists to find a way to exceed that standard. Or is it just a matter of the fact that we're more physically fit these days, our exercise programs are more efficient, we eat better, some of us at any rate, and more maybe efficient that's training. also part of it? Well, I think you should look at the, what kind of athletic uh, records are being made these days. And unfortunately, there's a lot of holdback because if you perform too well, you're being accused of steroid abuse. Ooh. So that actually is going to hold people back. You really wow. think that happens? Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure some people are held back because of the fear of being accused of that. And you know, just like you know, 
we have this idea of what's possible, the limits of human possibility. And we keep pushing, we do keep pushing that back, that limit back. But somebody has to actually break past that wall to show us that the way is clear. But even if there's a suspicion of steroidal use, a blood test would resolve that pretty quickly, right? Of course, of course. But, you know, who wants to be accused of anything, any wrongdoing? Well, especially in this day and age. But then you have to wonder over the years, those who have excelled at athletic pursuits, how many of them took some enhancement? You have that, that suspicion it, whether it's it true or not. It is that question. Right. But, you know, if somebody who has had these enhancing drugs breaks the breaks the, uh, the record and then three other people do it without having had those, what does that say? Yeah, those people and those people were trying to do it, but they couldn't do it. And all of a sudden, somebody somebody else does it. So now they can do it. What does that say? We have to learn a lot more about the human mind and, about and the human. What we that's can correct. Do. That's right. That's because, what, and that's that's what we're trying to do in parapsychology is understand what our capacity is, what our consciousness can do and what our consciousness is. Wouldn't it be fun to reliably be able to do mental telepathy, but then how do you shut it off and how do you prevent someone infringing on your privacy? And it's a fact that my son and I wrote a series of sci-fi novels that used mental telepathy across time and space as kind of a plot gimmick. Well, you know, the good news is that it doesn't appear that anybody can truly read your mind, you know, like a, a Vulcan mind, mind melt. It doesn't seem to work that way. And in fact, the psychics who can tell you about yourself, they're not pulling it out of your mind. They're, you might say that they're pulling it out of the information around you, because we seem to hold information not just in our heads, but everywhere around us. So it's like objects hold information as well. There's been research over the years at places like the Mind Science Foundation, which was an old lab in Texas, doesn't exist anymore, talking about blocking telepathy or blocking your own abilities. And one of the things that I have to teach people in my classes when we talk about psychic development at all, is how to shut it down, how to block it, rather than just simply opening yourself up wide to the universe, because that brings in too much information. So it's not that t it's actually not tough for people to block. I know some really excellent psychics who who simply can't read certain people because those people walk in with the intention of you know, well, you have to prove to me you're psychic before I'll even let you tell me anything about myself. They consciously block it. Let's not block this, okay? Lloyd, our back here for one more segment. With Gene and Chris, you're in the Paracast. The nation's largest independently owned and operated talk radio network. The Genesis Communications Network. GCN. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot 
Com. So my elementary school age child is begging me for a cell phone. Please, Mom, please. All the kids have them. But I've seen the research, and it makes sense to me that any mobile device that operates using electromagnetic frequencies that close to me or my child's head needs to be blocked. Harmful wireless radiation is real. Protect yourself and your loved ones with Block It Pocket. Call 888-315-9618. Free shipping to the lower 48. BlockItPocket.com. Enhancing health and privacy. Tired of taking handfuls of vitamin pills? Look and feel super with a great-tasting liquid vitamin and mineral supplement called Passion for Life. This incredible one-ounce daily drink can lead to better stamina and energy due to faster, more complete absorption. Passion for Life contains 135 all-natural whole food ingredients. It's the best-tasting, most powerful product of its kind on the market. Order now by calling 844-TRY-LIFE or find out much more about Passion for Life by visiting 844-TRY-LIFE.COM. 844-TRY-LIFE.COM. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number. 1-855-905-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. Say goodbye to the cable guy. And get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-855-905-MY-TV. Sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and there's no equipment to buy. You get free HD TV upgrade, a free DVR upgrade, and free professional and installation you control what you watch when you watch it record your favorite shows pause and rewind live tv even skip the commercials watch local channels too at just 19.99 what are you waiting for pull out your major credit or debit card call 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV say goodbye to the cable guy cut costs and get more 1-855-905-MY-TV 1-855-905-MY-TV Pharmacist Ben Fuchs knows the importance of proper digestion. Make sure you take a look at the Ultimate Enzyme product. They're made with bile salts and fat digestion enzymes and protein digestive enzymes. And not only do the Ultimate Enzymes give you obvious benefits for digestion, but they can also help keep your blood flowing through your circulatory system. As most of you probably know by now, thick, sludgy, clotting blood is a serious risk factor for heart disease and stroke. Clearly, inappropriate and excessive blood clotting is a major health issue, and thick, sludgy blood is not just about heart health either. Sludgy blood can compromise oxygenation and nutrient delivery to all your cells and tissues and organs and ultimately lead to almost any health issue you can name. Concerned about proper digestion and heart health? Order Ultimate Enzymes by calling 866-735-2470. That's 866-735-2470 or on the web at brightsidebed.com. That's brightsidebed.com. Order today. This is Kurt Southern, the author of UFO Mysteries, and you're listening to the Paracast. This is our final segment with parapsychology investigator and academic Lloyd Auerbach. We have covered so much ground in this episode. And looking at your background, Lloyd, I had no idea where we'd take this, and I'm delighted where we've gone with so many things left to do. Chris, you have some more questions left? Yeah, I do. But before I go on to listener questions, I have a, a question. I remember reading a book, I, I believe it was by Lyle Watson, called uh, The Secret Life of Inanimate Objects. Sure. Yeah. Which absolutely floored me. Stories of cars starting up, driving themselves around uh, neighborhoods, people chasing it. Uh, no one apparently at the wheel. 
uh, just story after story after story of inanimate objects all of a sudden developing some sort of, <laughs> I don't know, just a self-directed ability. Uh, what's your take on that? How can we explain some of these very well-documented cases? Well, you know, first thing I'd want to know is it would have been great to actually have a psychic or medium there to see whether or not they truly were self-directed or if there was somebody who was around who was directing them. Yeah. And it could also, some of them, reading that book, because I read that book years ago, some of that was psychokinesis. I wouldn't say about the car stuff, but some of that stuff certainly was psychokinesis caused by uh, the owners or the people who were there. Right. Yeah, because that, that always struck me. Is I mean, it's some of the examples in there were just so, uh, <laughs> because they, they were, you know, Lyle Watson, I really had a lot of respect for him. Uh, his book, Supernature, I recommend mm-hmm. uh, to everyone. Yeah. And and so I, I, the veracity, I think, of the, of the cases, I, I don't call into question. But, but some of them were such head scratchers that uh, I guess the only way you really could explain it would be uh, some sort of observer effect or, or inadvertent psychokinesis or something. Yeah. We, we've had a couple of questions here that, that deal with uh, the whole subject of demonic entities. And Polterwurst wonders if you watch The Conjuring and if you would agree with the premise of demonic entities. Uh, the answer to the second part is no. I do not agree with the premise of demonic entities at all. I don't even necessarily think that there are truly evil ghosts out there because it's hard to find a truly evil person. Now, people do evil things, of course, and we find a lot of, uh, let's just say, um, asses who are dead. But I do not have the religious upbringing to believe in demons, number one. Uh, and number two, all my anthropology training and looking at the beliefs across the world, what, one, what is one person's demon is another person's angel. Both of those things are or of God or gods and consequently can't even be dealt with uh, with us the way we would normally think of it. As far as The Conjuring goes, you know, the author, the guy who wrote the book with the Warrens had did an interview before the movie came out claiming that the Warrens didn't even give, that he made a lot of stuff up or stuff was made up and he didn't believe a lot of what the Warrens told him. And I actually take him at his word, having known some of the misstatements the Warrens have made over the years. Let's yeah. call it that. Yeah, so, I think you're being kind. <laughs> yeah, I am being kind because, I, you know. <laughs> I'm being kind because Lorraine Warren is an older lady, and I don't really want to, you know, right. <laughs> disrespect her. But I, I you know, I, I have to say that I've heard her make statements. That I heard her make statements at a conference a few years ago, which were uh, patently untrue about the Amityville case and um, their involvement with certain parapsychologists. I knew for a fact they were untrue because I knew the people involved, and uh, so I ended up leaving the room instead of calling her on it because, you know, she's an older lady. It could have been senility. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's you, it, it always helps when you take the high road, I guess, yeah. in these types of, uh, you know, a good example of of actually keeping, you know, keeping quiet instead of uh, jumping up and pointing fingers and stuff. Yeah, that, it that doesn't really help anybody. It. No, it wouldn't have. Wouldn't have. Well, um, here's another question uh, from Polterwurst. He, he fired off at least 20 or 30 questions here, and, and, and many of them obviously show that he's he's pretty up to speed in this subject. And he's wondering what you think about the late Vic Tandy's, uh, infrasound, I guess, infrasound theory. And he's wondering, can it create the feeling of an unseen presence or even visual hallucinations? First of all, what, what was the Vic Tandy uh, infrasound well, theory? It wasn't a theory. I mean, Vic Tandy um, was a researcher doing work to some extent in parapsychology. Um, he, this, this paper actually was 1998 for the, Soci- the Journal of the Society for Psychical Research. And... He noticed that he was seeing, supposedly in a, in a building at his university in England that was haunted. And he noticed him seeing shadows out of the corner of his eyes and finally tracked it back to some vibration of his fencing foil, which was vibrating in response to, I think it was a fan or some other device, some other um, maintenance-related 
uh, thing that was going on. Low-frequency sound, uh, he did actually find a paper that NASA had written back in 74, uh, finding that low-frequency sound at 18 or 19 hertz vibrates the viscous matter of the eyeball and causes people, can cause you to see things out of the corner of your eyes. Low-frequency sound, which is bass and below bass, where we can't hear it, vibrates parts of our bodies and can make us feel uncomfortable. And that is not any clearer than watching horror films, uh, even going back as far as the 50s. And if you really check the ones that make you feel creeped out, you'll find that there's a lot of bass or a lot of low-frequency sound. John Carpenter is a master of that, uh, especially his movie Prince of Darkness, I think it was. And it basically is an alternative explanation for some of the things that people experience in, in haunted places. We have to consider that that is why they're feeling uneasy. Or that is why they're seeing things out of the corner of their eyes. It may not be every single instance where people are having these experiences, certainly. And you can't extrapolate it out for the reason why people are seeing ghosts. So a full-figured apparition or ghost is not coming from infrasound. That's clearly not the case. Let me just ask you a silly question here because we're just about out of time. Have you ever run into an instance where somebody, an individual or a group, specially equip the so-called haunted house to try to create fake effects not a home uh certainly not directed at any of us and um i've certainly been in places and even been involved like with the moss beach distilleries effects but not to haunt the place it was kind of in response to the haunting already there so I've, i've never seen that kind of fraud specifically but i do know some studies that happened in england where um, folks did try to duplicate using the infrasound and high-frequency sound and magnetic fields to try to get people to experience that same kind of thing as part of an experiment. So you can duplicate this stuff to some extent, not completely and not the veridical information and not some of the other things that are people are experiencing. Time for one more question, Chris. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting uh, subject uh, the, of the trickster and the whole trickster element in much of this type of, um, of, of phenomenal events. And Holterwurst is wondering, could trickster entities be involved in the more credible Ouija board, table tipping, moving glass type experiences? And uh, which he, as he puts, which mostly end with some teens getting scared out of their wits. W- what about the tricksterish nature of many of these you know, well, you know, experiences yeah. that people have? We have to have like a one-minute answer. Okay. We're running out of time. Psychokinesis, psychokinesis itself is sort of um, our unconscious plays tricks on us. So there's that. And that's certainly involved in Ouija boards. Um, I'd say it's human tricksters for the most part, whether it's unconscious or in the case of teens, usually one teenager who's tricking other teenagers. Right. Uh, and I, I was one of those people in my high school days with my friends. So um, the truth comes out. <laughs> yeah. So there, there is that trickster element there. Uh, it certainly is in psychokinesis as we try to pin down the mechanisms. It keeps keeps shifting method to do the same thing, whether it's moving an object or bending a spoon. And so there is that element. But whether it's trickster entities, there's been no indication other than a couple of ghost cases where the ghost was having fun with people. Uh, that there are specific entities that are trickster entities, and in fact, a lot of evidence to the contrary. There you go. Okay, Lloyd Auerbach, would you tell our listeners where they can find more information about the things you do and maybe get in touch with you? Sure. Um, My main website is mindreader.com, and uh, they can find my email, which is profparanormal at gmail.com there. Uh, Contact information is there, all the events that I'm doing, I'm putting up. 
uh, find information about my courses from there as well and link out to a variety of places, including the Ryan Research Center and the Parapsychological Association. And also I have another website, which is hauntedbychocolate.com because I also am a chocolatier, as it happens. <laughs> and I, I just specifically want to point everybody to two sites um, that you can link from mindreader.com. One is the Parapsychological Association, which is having its uh, big event annual convention here in California in August that I'm hosting. And the other link you could go to is the Forever Family Foundation, which I mentioned earlier in the program, which supports the work of mediums and research on life after death. And it's free to join. Okay. Uh, thank you so much. You can find Chris O'Brien's site, OurStrangePlanet.com, where you can buy a copy of his new book, Stalking of the Herd. He'll autograph it. You can find us on Twitter. We're known as The Paracast. We are The Paracast on Twitter. Or find us on Facebook, where you check out the Paracast fan club. You'll find two of them. Don't ask me why. Our main site is theparacast.com. We have our forums there, so you can check out the comments from your fellow listeners and also ask questions of upcoming guests. Lloyd Auerbach, I really, really enjoyed this segment. Yeah, thank really, thank you so much for being on and, and really helping educate people out there. This, is, uh, this has been one of my favorite uh, shows. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for the interview. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>